0: Hey, spooktacular strangers. How do you like that? I loved it. Happy Halloween. Although it's not Halloween yet. We understand that. It's, but cl- it's close to Halloween. This is our Halloween episode, yeah. so we're saying happy Halloween right now. Uh, welcome to another episode of The Strange Sessions. I'm Krista. With me is Kurt. Hi, guys. And if you don't want to sit through the next 20 minutes, hit pause, check the show notes. The actual timestamp of the topic start will be posted there. Oh, shoot. But you're going to miss out on us complaining about the weather, welcoming new strangers, also, we're gonna play something we caught in our last episode, and I'm gonna talk about some creepy stuff. What the heck, Kurt's throwing that stuff was at that's me. The, where the EVP and is it on there. Landed by the scary closet. Okay,
1: talk. <laughs> it's, it's not super no, scary. It? I'm kidding. It's some scary stuff here, but we will get to that shortly. Yes. But I'm just going to jump into shout outs because okay. we have a lot to cover with housekeeping. We do. It's been a two weeks. It's, it's been weeks. a two weeks. So shout outs to our newest strangers. Those are LaNette Saleya, Jake Davis, Karen Reed, Michael Wolfell. I think he's from Sheboygan. I think he's the one that's actually from Sheboygan. And he found us because of the JFK, oh, prep, the JFK episode. prep episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Or Welful Wolf Wolfel. And Amy Spencer, who joined yesterday.
0: And is she the one who posted hello from, was it North Carolina?
1: Yep. Sweet. And I also want to give a special shout out to Emma Disher, who is awesome. And I want to give a shout out to Logan B, because we love Logan.
0: We do love Logan.
1: And it's funny because... She has
0: the most amazing handwriting in the world.
1: (laughs) And it's funny because we write on, on Instagram. But we'll go like one or two months without writing, but... It's almost like she knows when things are going really bad for and me, she needs and she you writes. To reach and it's weird out, yeah. because she, it's like yeah. it's like she senses that. Hmm. So Logan, we you love have a you. connection. We we do. So Logan, we love you. Yes. And this is this. I'm, I'm gonna not cry during this. Okay. I'm, I'm good. I want to give a shout out to my now former students because, as of two weeks ago, I quit my job at the school. Yeah. And I want to give a shout out to them. Uh, yeah what the day that I quit, when I, I know some of them listen to this, so I'm talking to you guys, the day that I quit, I did not expect that that was the day I was going to be quitting. I told a lot of them I was going to quit because I just couldn't afford to stay working there. yeah, but I did not know that was gonna be the day, and uh you know, sometimes in life stuff happens, and on that day life happened and stuff happened mm-hmm. so I just want to say in my three years there my one regret is that I did not get to say goodbye to all of you guys in person but I also don't know if I could have done that right. I would have been like a wreck yeah. that day it so, probably
0: would have caused a lot of chaos yeah this. you it, know what it I mean would have
1: uh, but I know students Lillian Anna wrote on spotify they left Mm -hmm. messages on our spotify you've
0: gotten comments on youtube you've gotten comments
1: on youtube so i just want to say you guys i love you and i'm so sorry that i'm not there anymore and brenna who has listened to every one of our episodes and wanted one of our caps i will get you a cap oh what color did she want i i don't know uh brenna if you can leave a message on our spotify or you can listen to the end of the episode send a, a mail to our strange sessions Page, mm-hmm. let me know what color cap you or want, or email, yeah, whatever. Or e- yeah, email, and I will get it to you. Uh, but I just wanted to say, it. like, I love Lily and Anna, like leaving the, the mm-hmm. sweet and sad comments on our Spotify. Yeah, and just know that I love you guys, and I'm so sorry. That's you didn't cry. Good I didn't, job. I <laughs> no, good job. I got teary. A I think times. it's the right move for you. It was. Uh, like I needed to get out of there because yeah. I just. You know, like like we were talking about before we started recording, I would have went homeless yes. and and broke because I didn't want to leave the kids. Yeah. So it's just it was the right time, and I just had to do it. And I'm just really sorry I'm not there anymore. And just know that I love you guys so much.
0: And you're starting a new job this coming week. Yeah,
1: it's factory work, but
0: it's going to pay a heck of a lot be, more. <laughs> it's going to
1: be nice not having to worry if I can afford my next meal. Yeah. So that's going to help. Yeah. But um, but yeah. So we're going to just keep listening and you'll get to hear how I'm doing. And I'm sure I'll be running into you guys, you know, like I'm already running into older students that are working at Arby's, like when I go through the oh, drive sure. through and they wait on me. So I'll that's be seeing funny. you guys around, but I miss you. Okay. Okay. You got through it. Got through it. What's next? Um, taste test? No, we got to talk about...
0: Are we going to do the taste test last then? Yeah. Okay. Let's cool. talk about
1: the EVP. Sure. Um <sighs> <laughs> so it was weird because I rarely...
0: That was me <sighs> into the microphone. I feel I, like now I, I have to call everything out.
1: Well, I don't really edit the episodes anymore. Right. But that one, I had time mm-hmm. and I wanted just to edit it because... We had guests We had guests on, and yeah. then sometimes there's pauses and sure. stuff. So I wanted to edit it. And at one point, I'm listening to it on my headphones while I'm editing it. And I'm like, what was that? Uh-huh. So I went back and played it and I'm like... That's like a kid saying something. Yeah. Don't say what it is. No. And I sent it to you.
0: I have listened to that so many times. So have I.
1: I have it saved on my phone and I'm listening to it. I'm like... And then I forgot we have a carpet because you came down here to see if you could figure out if that was one of the I moved microphones every squeaking. microphone.
0: I moved every chair. I did everything I could think of to recreate that sound. But we were all sitting yeah. still. and we were all talking all the directly times that into I've our microphones. The episodes I've
1: never heard. No. like that. No, nope.
0: no, and it's distinctly different from our voices. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, do you have it all synced up? Well, we'll. I'll do that in okay. just one second. So but yeah, I sent it to you and you're like, what? And then I asked Mark and Rhonda, sent it to them. And they're like, no, they're like, that is neither of us. And we have no idea what that is. Okay. So then, you know, like we have no idea where that came from because you haven't really been experiencing activity a lot.
0: Right.
1: Up until that, <laughs> up until up until that point, Christa's... have you ever
0: seen that meme where yeah. it says <laughs> yeah. it's a USB thing that yeah. says right way, wrong Long way, right, right way. way? Yeah, yeah. I'm struggling to get the dang. Those ones thing are in those here. ones are really oh tough gosh. to get plugged
1: okay.
2: into. Okay, I did it. Okay. <laughs> I did it, everybody. So <laughs> you're going to be
1: listening for when right after you might need headphones. It's a little. I don't quiet, think you do, but you're going to be listening for right after Krista said that's whispering. The. To the human who's that's talking. whispering, yeah. oh yeah, like the s, you know, there's more. You can kind of hear the the to the human who's that's talking. whispering, oh like yeah, the s, you know, more, the, the, the whispering, like the s, you know, there's more. You can kind of hear the the to the human
0: who's that's whispering, oh yeah, like the s, you know, there's more. You can kind of hear the okay, it was really hard for us to hear here in the studio, yeah, it's
1: hard to hear when it's on a computer, but when you have headphones in or when I listen to it on my phone and hold it close to my ear, it is plain as day, yeah, you very clearly after Krista says the word after Krista says that's whispering, you hear what sounds like a child or a young girl it sounds like a child just saying, yeah. yeah yeah like they're agreeing like they're with us.
0: chiming in on the conversation and yeah. they're affirming that yes what you guys are saying is correct
1: yeah i mean it's there we have no idea what that sound yeah. is krista says she can even see the sound on the i
0: can see it. usually the wave on the audacity. Sometimes you can sometimes you can't yeah. i can actually see the sound yeah on yeah on so it the sounds audio. like a
1: kid chiming in going yeah and we have no idea where that and I'm all, came from. Nope. So we so we sent that to the Zons and they're like, That was neither of us, and they're like, That's totally like a kid's voice. Well, and
0: it's so obviously not either of us because no. I'm speaking right after Rhonda yeah. speaks and it's a yeah. completely different voice at a different volume. Yeah. And right after it says yeah, Rhonda begins talking right into the microphone again. So it couldn't have been either of us. No. It's clearly not you or Mark. No. So then it's like
2: and, and we were, were trying like, is to figure out where the it came. Chairs, yeah, like you came down. Floor. I
0: forgot that I'm there's like, carpet, on carpet under the wheels,
1: so it's not a squeaking wheel. Right. But I'm like, you haven't had activity lately. And no. Then that and that kind uh-huh. of changed. <laughs> that kind of changed after last weekend.
0: Yeah. And you even said, because we can hear Lucy and Jim upstairs, yeah. but that is never picked up on the audio. No. Almost never picked no. up on the audio. No. No. And you thought maybe it was a chair being dragged on the floor upstairs, but directly above us is the bedroom. Yeah. There's no, it nobody wasn't that. in the bedroom. It wasn't
1: that. I mean, it was like right by the microphone. It like was. Like a kid was there and said, yeah.
2: Ugh. Okay.
0: So yeah. So after Kurt sent that to me, I actually, came, I came down here, did the stuff. I took several recordings on my phone, just walking around down here, walking around upstairs, kind of half asking questions because I don't want to really open lines of communication if there is something here sorry I'm sure everybody would love that but <laughs> I don't advise it to anyone who doesn't want to live with yeah. activity in their house yeah. don't welcome it or encourage it um so I just took I didn't catch anything let's just say that nothing happened but then a few days later I was sitting on the couch in our living room And right off we have kind of an open concept living room dining room and then the kitchen is the small room next to the dining room and our Lucy's dog bed is in the dining room that sounds gross but it's in the corner in the dining room next to a hutch and I was sitting on the couch Um, she had we had kind of an active day so I knew she was sleeping somewhere. And I heard her bed creaking. It's a very distinct sound. You can hear it from anywhere in the house. And Jim and I always joke, oh, she put herself to bed. Because it's cute how just she will just decide it's bedtime and she'll crawl into her bed. So it was like 530. And I was like, oh, cute. She put herself to bed. And less than a minute later, I hear Lucy get up from the kitchen where she was sleeping and walk into the dining room and crawl into her bed. And I was like, okay, (laughs) Uh, what just made that noise in her bed then? Because it does not make noises if nobody's in it. It's not near anything that would bump it or like the heat doesn't turn on and things can creak. The heat just turned on and sometimes things will creak because they contract or expand or whatever. It has never made a noise like that unless she was in it. So Kurt and I were theorizing that she was lying in the kitchen dreaming about being in her bed and like somehow astral projected. Yeah,
1: and that it was actually her that said, yeah, that she was down here for the podcast, that she oh, yeah. astral projected she to the podcast. That she that was in. She really saying, wants to be here. That was her saying, yeah.
0: But then she like heard the creak in her sleep and was like, oh, good idea, I'm going to go to bed. I've, I've just been kind of joking it away because I don't like the idea of there being activity in my house. And then a couple of days later... I was sitting on the couch with Lucy. She was sleeping next to me, and I heard... And I don't have a dir- like When you're on the couch where I sit, you can't just turn and look into the dining room. I do have to kind of get up and lean forward and see to be able to see into the dining room. But I heard movement in the dining room. Like, it, I imagined that Jim had gotten up from wherever he was at the back of the house and was like, you know moving stuff around on the table that probably made a lot of noise <laughs> and i was like oh I, but he didn't say anything and it was kind of dark in there and i was gonna lean forward and say what are you looking for and he wasn't there he was way in the back of the house he hadn't moved he was sitting there and lucy that's was next to me so, that's so weird. and i don't she jumped up and ran into the dining room and i don't know if she just reacted to me or if she heard it herself i, I wish i hadn't reacted to see if she reacted to it Because that would be interesting if she heard it too. Yeah, But I don't know. I'm trying to think if there was something else small that happened. You didn't tell me
1: anything else. That was all that you told me. But it's so weird. I think
0: there was one other thing, but I wrote it off. Yeah.
1: So, But it's just so weird. I put a charm by our front
0: door. Yes, you did. (laughs) A protection (laughs) charm. And I will say, it has been quiet ever since.
1: But it's just weird that... We get the EVP, and then that week, two different things happen. So it's like, what, what was that?
0: I don't know. I, so I theorize. I love you, Mark and Rhonda. But I think <laughs> something could have followed you here. <laughs> because they've had activity for years yeah. in their last house. Uh, and I remember going to their housewarming party, and then someone said that they saw. I thought it was Brittany. Brittany. Saw, saw something hat, hat, moving. Yeah, and Devin has seen the Hatman at their old house. Yes. Yeah. But I know that there was activity at their new house. And so I wouldn't be surprised if something followed them here and then
1: stayed here for a week. Just for
0: a little while. A and, then, and then, you know, I, I don't, again, I don't really think my house is haunted, but I do think it's entirely possible that things just pass through every once in a while because yeah. I'm open to it. We talk about the paranormal in my basement. Yeah. Every two weeks. And like... I'm not going to
1: get a chance to edit this episode because I'm going by Aaron and Nicole's uh, Nicole's grandparents day. They're having a party. Nice. So if listeners hear any EVPs during this episode that's not my stomach or Krista hitting <laughs> something on the table the or, or any of phone. that, let us know because yeah. I will not have a chance to edit this episode. Well, And, I think... and it was just like a, a random thing that I edited the last one. So it's like, did we miss a bunch of possible EVPs in the old episode that I didn't
0: edit? I do think it's ironic that... Not frequently, but enough that it makes me giggle. People will message me and be like, oh, I think I heard an EVP on your podcast. And I, I don't even need to hear it. I know it was me or yeah, you, but I'll yeah. listen to it. I'll go to the timestamp yeah, th- and I'll this listen. One, this one
1: wasn't me or you, but
0: nobody's heard it. No, like we nobody, posted, no, yeah,
1: and nobody got back to nobody us. Nobody got with back to us that. and said, "Oh,
0: here it is." Like, yeah, I totally hear it. So I Especially just think it's funny. Especially on headphones, it's
1: very clear on headphones.
0: Yeah. I just think it's funny that when there's not an EVP, everybody hears an EVP, and when we got one, nobody yeah. heard it. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I yeah, I mean, I don't want people to start thinking they're hearing EVPs in every episode because. Other than that weird mechanical thing we heard in that one episode, yeah. we've never, yeah. in seven seasons, yeah, even when we recorded at a haunted school, which I drove by Did you? on Wednesday, <laughs> nice. by the way, nice. um, we've never gotten EVPs except for these two. And so. it's just weird
1: that after the EVP,
0: you've had at least two things happen
1: during that week. That
0: I want to say there was a third thing, and I just decided, nope, <laughs> <You're done. laughs> I can explain that. I can't remember now.
1: So we'll keep you guys updated on that.
0: Yeah. Well, hopefully there will be no more updates.
1: I hope not. Yeah I was for this episode I wanted to go on eBay and buy us a haunted doll for the studio. But stop it. But Krista You can keep it at your house. Yeah, Krista put the kibosh on that pretty quick. She did not want a haunted doll living down here. Anything else for for housekeeping? Just
0: um I mean, one of these days I want to talk about, like, let's talk about it at the end of the episode, maybe. What? Just what we're talking about on YouTube and oh, coffee, okay. Kofi and all that stuff. Okay. Uh, and just a reminder, we have new hats available. If anybody's interested, you can go to our Kofi page and order. Taste test? Lauren, you look amazing in the yes. pink hat. Yes. Yeah, let's do the taste test. All right. We're pretty close. We're at 19 minutes, but we had three minutes of chit-chat, so so we should still be on schedule. You got your mug ready? I do. I got my mug. Um, Is it going to be Gross. Oh, he's making a face.
1: (laughs) I don't think it's going to... It can't be as
0: bad as fried chicken candy. No, it
1: won't be as bad as fried. Okay. I don't think it's going to taste gross, but there's something about the way it looks that is really off-putting. Oh, great. You ready? The color.
2: Yeah, I'm ready. Not so
1: much
0: the color. Well, here you go. I'm going to take a picture in the light. Oh. Oh, no. We've had something like this before, haven't we? I don't think... seed lychee lychee flavored drink
1: it's the basil seeds
0: I bet they're gonna be just like chia seeds
1: though but floating in it it looks it looks so much like dead bugs like in a puddle (laughs) it looks so gross I think it'll be good I think it'll be fine but I know some people would have a hard time with this because it's like a texture thing. And if you look, they're slimy. Like chia seeds get slimy yeah,
0: they
2: do. if you put
1: them in a beverage. They get gelatinous. Yeah.
0: It does remind me like if you leave a glass of something outside overnight and, and you wake mosquitoes up and there's like a bunch of ants <laughs> or bugs <laughs> yeah, in it. It looks like. It's like my hummingbird it,
1: feeder after yeah, the ants it looks get of like, it. it looks like a drink with a bunch of bugs in it. But oh, lychee or lychee flavored stuff is that good. not appetizing either. Oh, it doesn't smell good either?
2: Not
0: great. All right. Bloop, 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 bloop. Yeah, <laughs> these are a little like, there's like sort of a haze that's hovering around each seed. Yeah, like I said, it looks gross. It does look gross. i actually take a picture of myself.
1: I don't think it's going to taste horrible, but it looks like a... I've heard that before. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Oh, it doesn't kind of smell that bad.
0: Smell. I think it has a weird like smell. Like
1: lychee or lychee, however you pronounce that. That stuff's actually good.
0: I bet it's going to be a lot sweeter than we're anticipating. I just wonder
1: if it's going to be chunky. <laughs>
0: you ready? Okay, I'm ready. It's just like chia seeds. Oh, it's really good. It's actually not bad. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That, that, way sweeter than I thought. It's kind of thick. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's thicker than I expected. It's like mm-hmm. a s- syrup.
0: I eat a t- um, I eat a lot of chia seeds though, so I'm used to this texture. I don't put them in beverages, oh, but as I'm getting to the bottom, it's like way thicker.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like
1: people with people that have a hard time with like tapioca would not be able to yeah. do this because they're slimy <laughs> it's like little slimy
0: beads. Well, and I can't just drink it. I have to chew the seeds. Like I'm weird that way. I can't just swallow this.
1: It, oh, I have to chew. It's not pouring fast because it is super thick at the bottom. But it's good. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. lychee or lychee, however you pronounce it, I like that flavor.
0: By the way. Basil is commonly used for protection. So oh, good, we're safe. That's what's hanging in on my charm. The oh, door.
1: I can't chew it. Though. Yeah, that's weird. I can't chew them because they're crunchy. Then it's like see that
0: doesn't bother me. But I put chia seeds in my oatmeal. I put, I mean, I don't know. I'm big into chia seeds. They're good for you.
1: I'm gonna give that a seven. It's not the
0: worst thing <laughs> um, I've ever had. I'm so like... self-conscious about sighing now. Um,
1: I feel like if it wasn't as thick as it is,
0: I'll give it like I'll give it a seven too. Okay. We're going to have basil seeds stuck in our teeth. <laughs> we will. I think we're right on schedule. We're at 30, 23 minutes. Oh, sweet. Okay. Do we have anything else we were going to talk Probably. about? Um, (laughs) Now we're going to take another five minutes into...
1: Roadmap for the rest of the season Mm, after this episode.
0: We're closing in on the end of season Three episodes left. That's it?
1: Yeah, because it's end of October. We have two in November and one at the beginning of December.
0: So you told
2: me...
1: So what's going to happen is the next episode is going to be Stranger Suggestions because we got that voicemail from Brad. Okay. Yelling at me for not using his suggestion, which I will use next time. Brad. And we had a, <laughs> a listener email us and ask us. So we're going to do another. Oh, yes. Yes, we're going to do another stranger's suggestion. Was that and Ren? Then, and then what? Ren. I,
2: yeah. Okay. And
1: then after that is going to be missing. 411? A missing forum one spotlight. I'm looking at episode. The email and you then sent after me. that will be our season finale. And of course, you the know alleged... who's got to be here. Oh, Corey. Yeah, you know who's got to be here for the season it's finale. Be? Corey's got an idea, but he's going to let me know if there's enough there. And if not, we might just each do like a separate story.
0: Okay,
2: just give me Uh, a heads up because I'm going to need to know.
1: Corey will be here. You love him. I love him. It wouldn't be a season finale without Corey. And then there's, again, there's lots of internet chatter about a possible Christmas episode. I don't know where this
0: comes from. I don't know where it comes from Every year.
1: But as you guys know, the (laughs) December, the beginning of December episode will be our last for the season. And then we will reconvene. Around the end of January. Yeah.
0: Unless something crazy happens. And then it'll be more like the end of February. Isn't that what happened this year? Oh, yeah. My mom had surgery. (laughs) Yeah.
1: But there'll be.
0: It's our podcast. We can do what we want. There'll be
1: a possible Christmas episode. We'll just say that. We're entertaining the idea. We're we're, we're negotiating. We hear
0: about it. (laughs) We're negotiating contracts.
1: So that's the rest of the season. It is coming to an end. So three regular episodes. Three regular episodes. And and a mythological Christmas Christmas
0: episode. (laughs) Christmas episode. Okay. And then how many side sessions are left? Is it just three? I have to look at a calendar. No, maybe. Let me look. So we record November 4th. So that'll be one. I mean, yeah, I think it would be three unless we're going to record no, one for the alleged Christmas episode. And
1: break. It wouldn't be a bad idea to, re- to release a special bonus. We just have to
0: figure out when we're going to record it. Yeah. Okay. But
1: no, that's, that's looking at the rest of the season. And then we'll be back next season for, what is it, season? Oh, the book club. Oh, we yeah, have book club podcast. We have too. one.
0: I'm halfway through The Last House on Needless Street. I love that book. I feel like I'm sort of starting to figure out what's going on, but there's things that I'm like, "What? Yeah. What is this? Like, <laughs> what know. is he referencing? I know. Something in the attic. The do- The cat keeps hearing some noise that drives him crazy, and I haven't figured that stuff out yet. I think I'm figuring some things out that are going on. I love the chapters written by the cat. Me too. Olivia, she is the best. Um, She calls all humans Ted's (laughs) because her human's name is Ted. Ted. Small Ted's, big Ted's, Um, male Ted's. What was I going to say?
1: But yeah, next season. What season is the next season? Is that season eight? Season eight. eight. Dang.
0: Oh, and we're really, we're really, okay. So we are going to try, we're going to talk about this a little more at the end of the episode. But I want to do one full video episode before this season is over. I yeah. don't think I'm going to try it when Corey's here because I, it, I just want to focus on getting both of us in yeah. shot rather than trying to work three people in. Yeah. We'll worry about guests next season. But the goal is next season that this will be available every episode on YouTube in video in format. video form. So, We're trying to grow yeah. our YouTube channel. Yeah, we have like 940 some subscribers. And once you hit a thousand, you are eligible to monetize your podcast. And let's just say we have goals. And it's just gonna be rain and money on us. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we'll both quit our jobs. Yeah,
1: that's that's that would that's be kind of the dream. That's kind of the dream, but we'll see what happens. We'll
0: talk more at the end but of the day. Next episode. season,
1: I kind of feel like I almost have next season planned out. Nice. Like Blaine's gonna come for an episode. Oh, that would be great uh i really want mark and Rhonda and us to go to stoughton to talk to vicky that would be amazing uh do an episode about elsings even though it's not there anymore we can go into like some of our there's so many evps that we could share i know and uh yeah aaron and i want to do another road trip you and i want to do a road trip Mm -hmm. so we got to
0: do door county it's so close and it has such a great and whitewater history oh yes and whitewater we have to do the salem of wisconsin so we there is a salem wisconsin by the way that's the official. It's That's not like Whitewater. Whitewater's got a
1: Whitewater's got an interesting history, mm-hmm. so that'll be next season. That's where I met my husband. So I think we have enough for next season. So I'm not going to say we're going to shut her down okay, yet. Okay, Well, we've Once, only
0: done a handful of states. Well, I think we only did like
1: one or two states this this season. So we so. have to get through a lot of states. We'll be around for a little while yet. We'll be no worries. For a while.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: So we jump into today's topic. Let's do
0: it. Yeah, our, our titillating 21 a little long. Sorry, okay. guys.
1: Sometimes it does. Yep. Um, today's topic, I wanted to do something spooky because it's Halloween. Yep. And I figured what else could we do?
0: It's the most wonderful time of the year. Most
1: wonderful time of the year. What would be a good topic? And of course, I went with haunted dolls because
0: everyone's favorite thing. <laughs> and I want
1: to give another little note to my students or my ex-students. You might not want to listen to this episode because this one can get a little scary. Okay. Like like haunted doll stuff is creepy, so yep. that is Mr. K telling you this one maybe don't
0: listen to it at night. I do want to get better at d- putting a disclaimer for strangelings. Yeah. Like especially if we're talking true crime, sometimes things yeah. get a little like I'm like, oh I wonder if parents listening with their kids wish we had said something yeah. about that first. So we'll work we should try to be more season. conscious of yep. that.
1: So dolls, we are looking at dolls. And as always, I like, and I want to apologize because the last two weeks have been kind of crazy for me. <laughs> and I haven't been in a really good headspace. So this might not be as great as I wanted this episode to be. But what's our, what's a our Strange Sessions episode without me apologizing Just, for, exactly. for its quality? But you know that I love to dive into the history. So this first part comes from a couple websites. It comes from the website historyofdolls.com. A blog by somebody named Charlotte Sidemby and a hubpages.com article called Short History of Dolls. Are you ready? I'm ready. So a doll is a man-made figure of a human being or sometimes of an animal. Sorry.
0: My feet just squeaked on the table. I'm going to... Wasn't an EVP? (laughs) It was not an EVP, but I actually heard that. So.
1: A doll is a man-made figure of a human being or sometimes of an animal. There are documents that prove that dolls were used in ancient Egypt, Greece, and Rome. They were made from materials that were available at the time like clay, stone, wood, bone, ivory, leather, or wax. There is also archaeological evidence that dolls were the oldest known toys. I did not realize that dolls went back that far. No, neither. But if you think about it, they're kind of rudimentary that it's easy to make like a figure, like a stick figure of yeah. a person. Dolls are said to have existed as early as the Paleolithic. Paleo, that's hard it's easy for me to say Paleolithic era, roughly 2.5 million years ago to wow. 10,000 BC. Really? The oldest one discovered in Siberia in 2017 had a head carved from soapstone and a body made of organic materials which have since then decomposed. It's believed to be over 4,500 years old. Dolls can often be found in graves and in particular children's tombs. Most were rather rudimentary, yet some could be considered works of art, articulated and delicately painted. Their purpose seems to have been different according to the culture and civilization. They were either used as children's toys or as symbols for magic and rituals. Some were even believed to hold magical powers. Like, there's a weird, like, dolls have, like, this weird correlation where children's toy... Also, something used in magical rituals. Mm. You know, so it's like kind of fascinating that it's used so often in both. Mm -hmm. The border between dolls as a toy and as a ritual symbol is often hard to trace. Some dolls were never given to children because it was believed that they are too charged with magical powers. During the Middle Ages, little is known of doll usage. Mainly made of rags by mothers at home, they did not resist the trial of time. It is only in the 16th century that a proper doll production business started to emerge. In Paris, the craftsmen making and selling dolls at fairs were named bimbeloteers. Hmm. So that's... If okay. You were, if you were an old-timey bimbeloteer, you were making dolls.
0: Is that Where does the term bimbo come from? I don't know. Hmm. I don't know.
1: Fashion dolls, which appeared in the 16th century, were designed for adults. And I've seen like pictures of these. They were sent to the royal courts of Europe to present the latest fashion trends. Philip IV. Oh, fourth,
0: interesting. So they were so they could see
2: yeah, the what fashions. clothes were. Yeah. Oh. Yep.
1: Philip the Fourth was sent a doll with a full wardrobe to his daughter Isabel, future Queen of England, as a gift. Henry IV did the same for his wife Marie to allow her to become familiar with French fashion. Despite the birth of fashion magazines and engravings, fashion dolls did not disappear. In 1924 at, wow, uh, L'Exposition de Dames de Jour de Oui. Sure. That's about the extent. Sounds right. Yeah. I, I got it like a D minus in French class in seventh grade, <laughs> which meant which means the exhibit of today's women, 25 standing dolls presented the evolution of fashion since 1900. Among the most exquisite fashion dolls were, of course, the Parisian dolls. Ambassadors of French style and elegance, they were dressed by the most famous fashion houses of the time. Entire wardrobes were made with stunning realism. Miniature pearl earrings, velvet purses, delicate shoes, and even corsets were created for these dolls. Their wardrobes could be reproduced thanks to patterns sold in specific magazines. And wooden fashion dolls were produced in England in the 17th century and were made by expert wood carvers and dressed in elaborate costumes. They were known as Queen Anne dolls and were intended to be decorative objects for an adult rather than a child's toy. During the 17th century, French dolls were made of wood and paper mache. England, slightly ahead, was already using wax. In the 18th century, dolls met a big success and innovation as the production of them, like, got easier, got easier to make dolls, so more people started making dolls. During the first half of the 19th century, doll heads were made of very delicate china, beautiful but very easily breakable. Later on, biscuit porcelain, also known as bisque, was used to give them a human skin-like shade. Very popular in Europe, and in particular in France and Germany, these antique dolls are deeply sought after by collectors.
2: They
0: can have them <laughs> until you're not a <laughs> fan of dolls, no, especially old old, o- dolls. Old, old creepy like yeah, porcelain dolls, yeah. Until the 18- ones where the eyes move, yes. No.
1: Until 1869, dolls' bodies were made of sewn fabric and filled with bran. The invention of celluloid was a real evolution, uh, it was much cheaper and less fragile than porcelain, and it was well suited to children. So, celluloid made it so much easier to make. Because is it like plastic, yeah, okay. like so many dolls. If like it was made of porcelain, you know how many dolls' heads broke mm-hmm. hitting the stairs or whatever. In 1858, Madame, I think it's Madame Romer, created dolls with a head that could turn sideways. Then came dolls with eyelids that could be closed and opened. And there, right there, I don't so like those. Kristen both shook her head. At like the when same they, time. when you lay them down, their eyes yes. closed, and when you yep. stand them up, they open. Yep. Uh, there's some Reddit stories coming up at the end too oh, that sweet. are kind of creepy.
0: Hey, did you get to the episode of Destination Fear yet, where uh Chelsea is sitting in a room full of dolls by herself? No. Okay. What season did you last watch? Two. The okay, second you got season. two more to go. Plus, now I'm, Project now I'm watching Fear.
1: Expedition Unknown. Oh, nice. The date of creation of glass eyes remains unknown. However, we do know that doll eyes were mostly brown until Queen Victoria launched the fashion of blue eyes. Didn't know that. Halfway between fashion dolls
0: and... Because en- she had blue eyes? I think so. She made blue eyes fashionable? Yeah. Halfway... They be- existed before that. Just
2: saying. Yeah, but she, made
1: it, she made it cool. Oh, okay. She made it cool. Halfway between fashion dolls and engraving, paper dolls were launched by the English in the 1870s. Cheaper to produce, much smaller and lighter, they could easily be sent overseas. However, they were also very fragile. Empresses, actresses, and mothers were most often used as models for these dolls. And then what comes out shortly after that? Mothers? Huh? Did P- you say mothers?
0: Okay, yeah. <laughs> Just seems so random. Empresses and actresses, and mothers. Oh, and mothers. Like
1: like somebody's mom. Like they created a doll from somebody's sure. somebody's mom. Yeah. What do you think came shortly after that? Voodoo dolls in the fall of 1902. Oh. Kind of like dolls, but not as creepy. The teddy bear.
0: Oh yeah! From Way the Carnegie creepy. Museum
1: of Natural History website, it says, "Quote: In the fall of 1902, Teddy Roosevelt accepted a hunting invitation from Mississippi Governor Andrew Logino. Their guide was a man named Holt Collier who knew the land well. Holt was determined to help an eager Roosevelt find a black bear. On the second day of their excursion, Collier came across one. He knew." Roosevelt was significantly behind him, so he decided just to tie the bear up for Roosevelt to shoot. However, when Roosevelt arrived on the scene... horrible. Yeah, I know. When Roosevelt arrived on the scene, he was astonished. He exclaimed that such an act would be unsportsmanlike. Thank you. Good for you. The news of this act of compassion from the president spread so quickly around the United States that Clifford Berryman of the Washington Post produced uh, a cartoon, a famous cartoon with a bear in it. And that's kind of became the template for the teddy bear.
0: The teddy bear was called that.
1: Because of Teddy Roosevelt.
0: Oh my God, I didn't know that. You didn't know that? No. Yeah, that's
1: why it became the teddy bear. Then a couple in Brooklyn, New York, Rose and Morris Mictum, saw the cartoon. They owned a penny candy shop and decided for fun that they would make a stuffed plush bear and display it in the window to honor the president. Rose cut out some pieces of fabric and sewed on some button eyes and put it in the window with the name, Teddy's Bear. It was an overnight hit, so much so that the Mictums had to ask if they could use Roosevelt's name for the bear. He said yes, and their business took off. Instead of selling candy, the couple decided to start the Ideal Toy Company, which went on to produce a multi-generational love of teddy bears. Wow. So that is where teddy bears... Teddy bears are nearly as creepy as dolls. No, no. Back to dolls. Until the 19th century, dolls imitated adults more than babies and were mainly women. The company, Jamo were among the first to create newborn dolls and even received medals at the Universal Exhibitions during the Second Empire. Plastic dolls first made their appearance in the 1940s and proved to be much more durable than those made of other materials like porcelain. The introduction of vinyl allowed the manufacturers to root hair into the scalp for the first time rather than having painted hair or a stuck-on wig. So the era of dress-up dolls that also had hair that could grow or get shorter had arrived. And over the last century, dolls which could speak, drink, and even give birth were created. And there's some crazy dolls. Like, if you go back to like the 70s. They can give birth? That's what it said. I've heard of dog- dolls wedding themselves. There, There's, yeah, there's, I don't want to get into it on here, but there's some crazy dolls in the 70s. The first talking dolls have been made by Thomas Edison in 1890 and were sold to the Lenox Lyceum in New York for what was then a huge sum of $10, for one dressed in a slip, and about $25 for one that was fully clothed. Unfortunately, the Edison Talking Doll was rapidly removed from the markets, as only around 500 were ever made, and most of them got returned, as they were too delicate to be played with, and the youthful owner had to crank a cylinder by hand to hear their fancy new toy recite a very short nursery rhyme. The 1960s saw the introduction of the fashion doll, with Cindy being the most popular British brand of that era. Cindy was quickly overtaken by who? As far as a fashion doll. Barbie. Barbie. Cindy was quickly overtaken by Barbie, who had been created in America by Ruth Handler and was launched in 1959. Barbie's home state is Wisconsin. What? Yeah, we talked about that in what our Wisconsin episode. That was one of the fun facts. I is guess I can remember that. Barbie's Barbie's hometown is He's in Wisconsin. Never in Barbie. No. Barbie was quickly joined by a boyfriend named Ken and other characters also soon joined the Barbie family.
0: Yeah, what was her s- skip skipper? What was her like little No, that can't be right. I just heard something. Weird. That was me. Okay. I was moving my okay. feet. <laughs> I was all paranoid. paranoid. Yeah, we're paranoid. Barbie now. had like a younger sister or cousin or oh, something. Oh god, what was Barbie's remember
2: oh i Why can't I it's like they say skipper but that's it, i it. think it was skipper was it skipper? i think it might have been skipper
0: was there like a ken's younger something then too that i don't remember
1: i just remember when we were like teenagers i'm talking like high school we used to go to jamie's house and we used to like annoy his sister because i would i would switch the heads from barbie <laughs> to ken He <laughs> used to drive her crazy nice sorry Kristen. um These Barbies and other fashion dolls, which were modeled after adult or teenage women rather than children or infants, were characterized by all the different outfits that you could buy for them and their very head... They had their very own furniture, cars, ponies, and houses, and they were sold by the Mattel Toy Company.
0: And their unrealistic body portrayal yes, for women. <laughs> yes. In
1: 1963, Hasbro, a competing toy company, began working on plans for a military-themed line of dolls that, G. just Joe? like Barbie, could be accessorized nice. with different outfits and weapons. The original strategy called for a different figure for each branch of the military, naming the first one after a 1945 film called The Story of G.I. Joe. Hmm. So that's where G.I. Joe came from. 70s, there were a lot of crazy dolls in the 70s. I I, I remember that's when they started getting a little more advanced with like talking and, and motions. When did like my
0: buddy come out? Do you remember him? I think I remember in the, the 80s. theme song.
1: I think in the eighties,
0: wasn't Chucky kind of based yes. off of that? Okay. Chucky was
1: based on the My Buddy Dolls. Yeah, I think that was early eighties. Uh, but the seventies had some crazy dolls. They were making innovations. They had ones that I think it was in the seventies that would like eat, like make the motion of eating food. Hmm. Except kids were getting their hair caught, oh, and it was like eating good. the kids' hair.
0: Nice traumatic experience. So,
1: as far as dolls go, what came out in nineteen eighty two? Cabbage Patch Kids? Cabbage Patch Kids. From Wikipedia, Xavier Roberts, a 21-year-old art student at a missionary school in North Georgia, discovered craft artist Martha Nelson's doll babies. They came with a birth certificate and adoption papers. With the help of artist Debbie Moorhead, he hand-stitched dolls he called, quote, the little people. Roberts modified the look of Nelson's dolls, birth certificate, and adoption papers sufficiently enough to get a copyright, and told potential customers his little people were not for sale. However, they could be adopted for prices ranging from $60 to $1,000. The little people were first sold at arts and craft shows, then later at Babyland General Hospital, which was an old medical clinic that Roberts and his friends turned employees converted into a toy store in Cleveland, Georgia. In 1981, at the height of Robert's success, he was approached by Atlanta designer and licensing agent Roger L. Schlafer about licensing the little people. As Fisher-Price at that time owned the name of little people, and I remember the Fisher-Price little hmm. people, the dog. You, you know the little people, what Fisher-Price little people look like. There's the dog. There's the girl that has like the blue. I'll, if you look it up. On, okay. Yeah. That, I had those when I was a kid. But because Fisher-Price owned the name Little People, the name was changed to Cabbage Patch Kids. Hmm. After changing the dolls' names to Cabbage Patch Kids, Schlafer contacted all the major doll companies in the country. Most of them declined, commenting that the look of the dolls was too ugly to sell on the mass market. Coleco, then famous for its success with, with electronic toys, were sold on becoming the master toy licensee, including an advertising guarantee. That was a smart move from Coleco. Because at the peak of their popularity, between 1983 and 1986, the dolls were highly sought after toys for Christmas. Mm -hmm. Cabbage Patch riots occurred as parents literally fought each other to obtain the dolls for children. And I remember... Mm -hmm. Seeing video of like people like people fighting in the store and like getting trampled trying to get the Cabbage Patch dolls. In later years, Coleco introduced variants on the original Cabbage Patch Kids, and derivatives of the original line of dolls to this day continue to be marketed. And I didn't know that. I thought they came mm-hmm. and went, but they're still around. But I remember how crazy it was that everybody wanted these Cabbage Patch Kids. So Coleco was really, really smart to take them up on that.
0: So we, we didn't have a lot of money growing up, and uh, my we knew somebody who made knockoffs of Cabbage Patch Kids, and my brother and I got the nice. knockoff Cabbage Patch Kids, but I didn't know the difference. I did eventually get a real one, probably after all the hoopla died down, because my parents wouldn't have paid that amount <laughs> yeah. for it. Yeah. I still remember like how it smelled. Really? Yeah. Kind of like, it was a preemie version, um, and it smelled kind of like plastic and baby powder. <laughs> Which I think they purposely put that baby powder smell in it. Yeah, because babies have a smell. It's a nice smell. Yeah,
1: yeah. People talk about babies having mm-hmm. a smell. They do. Never, they just
0: smell. It's hard to explain. I never. I knew don't that. have any babies, but I've done a lot of babysitting.
1: <laughs> <obviously>. <laughs> so then, what do you think came out in 1985? That was the next big thing.
0: Hmm. Couch patch kids are already out. I don't know.
1: This one's more of a bear. Teddy, Teddy Ruxpin Ruck from Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah. Teddy Ruxpin. Did he talk? Yeah. Okay. Teddy Ruxpin is an animatronic children's toy in the form of a talking iliop, a creature which looks like a bear. The toy's mouth and eyes moved while he reenacts stories played on an audio tape cassette built into its back. Conventional cassette tapes carry two audio tracks for stereo sound reproduction. Teddy Ruxpin cassettes, however, use the left track for audio and the right track for a controlled data stream, which moves the servo motors that control the eyes and the mouth. So like one half of the tape has him, has the talking and and the music, and the other half has the data that controls his mouth Mm. opening and his eyes moving. Mm -hmm. Later versions have a digital cartridge in place of a cassette. At the peak of its popularity, Teddy Ruxpin became the best-selling toy of 1985 and 1986. I always thought they were creepy. We're going to get into some creepy Teddy Ruxpin I remember stuff the later.
0: way their eyes moved yes. was really yep. creepy. I never had one, obviously, but I remember the
1: commercials. So this next item I want to get for us down here. What came out then in no. 1998? I'm just
0: kiboshing it immediately. You know, do you
1: know what it is? No. What came out in 1998?
0: No, I, 98? Yep. Hmm. Give me a hint. Kind of
1: like a Teddy Ruxpin, but smaller and cuter.
0: Oh, Care Bears?
1: Furbies. Oh,
0: Furbies.
1: Furby is an American electronic robotic toy that was originally released in 1998 by Tiger Electronics. It resembles a hamster or owl-like creature and went through a period of being a must-have toy following its holiday season launch with continual sales until 2000. Over 40 million Furbies were sold during the three years of its original production, with 1.8 million being sold in 1998 and 14 million in 1999. Its speaking capabilities were translated into 24 languages. Furbies were the first successful attempt to produce and sell a domestically aimed robot. A newly purchased Furby, or a Furby that has been reset, starts out speaking entirely Furbish, the unique language that all Furbies speak, but is programmed to start speaking English words and phrases in place of Furbish over time. This process is intended to resemble the process of learning English. There was a common misconception at the time that they repeated words that were said around them. This belief most likely stemmed... creepy. (laughs) Yeah. This belief most likely... Furbies are weird. Uh, There's Furby stuff coming too. This belief most likely stemmed from the fact that it's possible to have the Furby say certain pre-programmed words or phrases more often by petting it whenever it says these words. As a result of this, on January 13th, 99, it was reported that the National Security Agency of the United States banned furbies from entering NSA's property due to concerns that they may be used to record and repeat classified information, Wow! advising those that see any furbies on NSA property to, quote, contact their staff security officer for guidance.
0: Funny. <laughs>
1: so, yeah.
0: That's actually really advanced technology for that yeah. time.
1: Yeah, yeah. Roger Schiffman, the owner of Tiger Electronics, stated that, Furby has absolutely no ability to do any recording whatsoever. Additionally, Dave Hampton demonstrated that Furby's microphone can't record any sound at all and can only hear a single monotonous beep if a loud sound is produced around Furby, and no words or waveforms can be made out at all. Security or security researchers discovered that the microphone on a Furby Connect can be remotely activated and used to record voice though through a Bluetooth connection. Hmm. A simple electronic
0: Did Bluetooth existed back then?
1: I think it later ones. Okay. A simple electronic motor and a system of cams and gears close the Furby's eyes and mouth, raise its ears, and lift it off the ground in a minimal display of mobility. Hmm. And then in 2008 came out the real talking Bubba Bear, and I actually want to find this one.
0: That doesn't sound familiar.
1: Yeah, it's it's kind of like a cross between a Teddy Ruxpin and a Furby. Okay. In 2008, a two-year-old in Florida named James had an Elmo Knows Your Name doll that kept uttering the phrase, kill James. <laughs> I remember There's this. like, you can see news clips of it on, you can see it on YouTube. Oh, you can God. see it saying kill James. Yeah. This particular Elmo can be programmed to repeat phrases and remember your child's name. Melissa Bowman, James' mother, changed the toy's batteries and around an hour after she put the new ones in, she says, quote, I noticed exactly what it was saying and my son was repeating exactly what it was saying. Oh my God. So that's, but yeah, there's news stories on YouTube. You can see the Kill James mm-hmm. Elmo doll. But Furbies and Teddy Ruxpins like, showed up a ton in researching haunted dolls because of something called residual charge where they have capacitors in them and there's stories of people going out in their attic and there's like been a Furby with later. no batteries in it oh. for twenty years and they jostle the chest it's in and wow. it, it giggles or speaks <laughs> oh because because the capacitors store yeah, the capacitors store a charge.
0: Interesting.
1: So that's how I want to get a Furby. I do want to get a Furby for down here. because you buy,
0: they're still like on the market? I think so, but I okay. want to get
1: like a vintage one off.
0: You're going to hide it somewhere? No, we just like put it
2: here on the, the table. I just put it here on the, t- the table
1: and you see if it, it just chimes in during. But there's a, so many stories and people are like, that's something called residual charge where the capacitor can still hold the charge even if the batteries are mm. dead or not in it. Creepy. But there's so many stories of a kid... Hearing a long disused Furby giggling in the closet at night. <laughs> you no. Know? It's the stuff of nightmares. Yeah. So, why are dolls considered easily haunted? Uh, a fear of dolls does have a proper name. It's petiophobia. Mm, that is a I fear got of that. dolls. I think everybody to a point has it, mm-hmm. but I think a lot of it Except is. Except for doll collectors. A lot of it is like the Uncanny Valley thing where it looks human but it also looks different enough that it sets off this innate fear it's like clowns in people mm-hmm. and i think that's why dolls are considered spooky but at the same time i get why dolls could be haunted
0: there's such an emotional yes, attachment yes
1: so this comes from a Llewellyn.com article from march 16th 2008 called quote why are dolls so likely to be haunted and it is written by rosemary Ellen Guiley. Why do I know that name? She's like a bigwig. I think she passed away. She's she's a bigwig with paranormal stuff.
0: Wasn't is she one of the Conjuring kids?
1: Rosemary, no, no. She was. She's like a famous. Was she the one that did the Beast of Bray Road, or was that somebody else? Rosemary Ellen Guiley was like a big name in the paranormal hmm. research stuff.
0: I think one of the kids who lived in the Conjuring house has like a simi- similar similar oh. name or something.
1: So her article says, "quote." Dolls are one of the most likely objects to become haunted. Why is this? Dolls that have human forms are ideal vessels for residual energy and spirits. Owners, whether adult or child, often form strong emotional bonds to dolls. They become human substitutes. If something tragic happens to the owner, or if the owner suffers intense, unhappy, and negative feelings, the bad energy can be transferred to the doll. This energy is residual, but if it's strong enough, it can take on a thought form presence as a bad personality of the doll. Residual energy can be dormant for long periods of time, but if the doll goes to a new home and owner, and the place and person have the right energy, the residual personality can become activated and cause phenomena in the new house. There are other ways that dolls can become haunted. Spirits can be attracted by dolls and take up residence in them. They may be attracted by the doll's owner, by the residual energy already in the doll, or other unknown factors. Spirits can range from low-level tricksters to more hostile and powerful entities. They, too, can stay dormant until activated by the right circumstances. In some cases, the spirit might be the earthbound soul of a person, someone who has not made a full transition to the afterlife. An example is a doll owner who dies suddenly and tragically and for various reasons does not cross over because they were lost, confused, or hanging on to unfinished business. Dolls can also become haunted if they are deliberately used in spirit summoning and spell casting work. In such cases, spirits are invited to inhabit the dolls. Removing the doll from the premises alleviates the haunting phenomena in the house in most cases. Sometimes binding spells must be performed on dolls to keep pesky spirits from getting loose and causing havoc.
0: Hmm.
1: But it's easy to see because there is such an emotional
0: mm-hmm.
1: bond. Like these dolls are so important to the kids and if
0: Well, kids treat them like they're actual live yeah. things. Yeah. They imbue them with actual personalities. Yeah, it's like creating a tulpa
1: basically. Mm-hmm, totally. You're you're you're, you're imprinting a personality onto this doll. Yeah. And like, I love thrift stores going to thrift stores and I, am like fascinated by the dolls. I try to buy a teddy bear. Like every time, I don't know what it is, but when I go to thrift stores, I try to buy a teddy bear because mm. I just, I, it's sad to me that that was somebody's special Beloved toy. Yeah, and it's just there. Mm. So dolls though, I don't buy but teddy bears I will buy. And it's just like, you always wonder what was the history of this teddy mm-hmm. bear. You know, was this somebody's only refuge against abuse?
2: Sure.
1: You know, like it's it's easy to see why these things can become haunted. It really is. But some people don't believe that you can haunt an inanimate object. But I feel like if you instill enough energy into mm-hmm. it, I feel like you can.
0: I feel like we've seen enough stories that uh, attachments. Yeah. At least. Yeah. I don't know,
1: but right, uh, it's it's been constant for like the past decade or so. But right now, too, there's like a huge market for haunted dolls. So, from a MentalFloss.com article from October 5th, 2022, called "Quote the Uncanny Rise of the Haunted Doll Market," the article says, "Quote." There's a thriving online market for haunted dolls, a relatively recent phenomenon thought to have taken off in the last decade and largely based around Etsy, eBay, and Instagram. A quick online search reveals thousands for sale, along with accessories and dolls intended to be scary but not purported to be haunted. Most prices hover around $150, although some haunted dolls sell for over $1,000. A typical listing will include a lengthy, detailed backstory both about how the doll was acquired, often ending up with the seller after changing hands multiple times after spooking owner after owner, and what has supposedly been gleaned about the spirits inhabiting them. Demands the spirit has made, things known to have angered it, and details about both its former life and what it understands about its current existence inhabiting a doll all make for a pretty compelling read, especially alongside a disconcerting glassy stare complete with disturbing cracks. Certain types of dolls are more popular than others, such as antique models Wanda the Walking Doll and Raggedy Ann, the latter being the type of allegedly demonically possessed dolls the real Annabelle, mm-hmm. which I did not know until I did that. Yeah, I did not mm-hmm. know until I did this article that Annabelle is oh, actually really, yeah, a raggedy. Have Ann you never doll. seen it? No, oh, no. I mean, I've, I've seen bits and pieces of the movie, but I did not know it doesn't
2: that, look like no, that, no, that the,
1: real, they couldn't the use, real one looks they like couldn't raggedy. Use Ann. The raggedy Ann because of copyright stuff, but yeah. I did not. But we're going to get into it. I have 14 haunted dolls we're going to talk okay. about, so there's stuff coming up. The real Annabelle made famous by paranormal investigators Ed and Lorraine Warren. Given how scary even non-haunted dolls can be, the idea of specifically seeking out and paying $150 for a potentially possessed toy can seem a bit odd. Mm -hmm. But according to Catherine Blowers McNamara, who runs Fugitive Cat Creations, which sells vintage and upcycled items but specializes in antique and haunted dolls, people seek them out for various reasons. Some buyers are looking for the fun of ghost hunting, while others have more emotional motivations. She told Mental Floss in an email in 2021 quote, I get a lot of customers who have lost someone and are trying to figure out how to communicate with them. I get a lot of mothers who have lost a child. Declaring an item haunted is not as simple as just whacking the listing up and waiting for a buyer. Evaluations are a long process, says Blowers McNamara. It takes months sometimes, with a group of all of us comparing notes. We start with the vibe, the energy, our gut feeling. If we sense something there, we pull out the tools. Said tools include EMF frequency readers, dowsing rods, and a pendulum. The pendulum is often used to try to communicate with spirits. The user holds it out and asks a question, then interprets changes in how it swings as answers. The doll is then placed in a soundproof box where recordings are made and scoured for EVP. These are sounds found on recordings with no explanation behind them. To look for them, people often make recordings of extended periods of what should be silence. They then filter the recording sounds, words, or fragments of speech. Blowers McNamara says, quote, After about a week of EVP recordings, we all spend time with the doll, sometimes up to a month each. We use meditational telepathy, ESP, lucid dreaming techniques, every method we have as individuals to try to reach the spirit, and then finally we use a Ouija board. I'll pass on all that. (laughs) You know... She only sells dolls as haunted if the notes that her and her group make all line up with any information they get from the Ouija board. Otherwise, it's just sold as a vintage doll with the words, quote, possibly haunted included in the description. Selling an item and describing it as haunted brings obvious issues with it. You can't advertise what you can't prove, and haunting is yet to be observed under laboratory conditions, let alone approved by any advertising standard authorities. Some platforms, like eBay, have specific rules banning the trade of human souls. Their argument is pretty watertight. If the soul doesn't exist, then the sale is fraudulent. If it does exist, then the sale is forbidden under rules concerning the sale of human remains. Sellers of haunted dolls have found a way around this by including a disclaimer that lends the whole thing a certain ambiguity. They insist that all items presented as haunted are done so for entertainment purposes only. However entertaining one feels about owning a haunted doll might be, Blowers McNamara insists on not taking the ownership of such an item lightly. She says quote, before you start collecting haunted items, please learn how to spiritually protect yourself and your house. If you have kids in the house, do not bring in spirits to the home. If buying it solely for the novelty, there are inert antiques available. Cheaper and free of malevolent spirits, what a bargain. Hmm. So there you go. So do you want to buy a
2: haunted no, doll? I don't. <laughs>
0: The answer is no. No. Just on the very off chance that it's potentially actually haunted. I think most of what's being sold online is not haunted at all. Kind of like Dybbuk boxes. Guys, don't buy a Dybbuk box. They're not real.
1: No. Uh, No. The guy that that came out with that even said it was fake. He he admitted He
0: admitted it was fake. Yeah. By the way, this reminds me of the Newkirk's. Because I loved yeah. their episode on the yep. Dybbuk box, um, but they're in Milwaukee today. today. I know. I should be paying better attention. But this whole conversation reminds me of their new um, documentary, The Unbinding, because it's about, technically, a doll.
1: Well, didn't didn't Stephanie tell us that she went to their the show in Austin and they had a doll in the, I think it was a doll in the lobby that you were supposed to, like, impart your feelings and Mm. stuff on it we get to one of their dolls they have a doll yeah we're gonna get to that in a little bit but if you want to have if you want to buy a haunted doll like everything just says you're it's basically like inviting a roommate into Mm -hmm. your home and you don't know what kind of roommate it's gonna be (laughs) you know that's a great way to think about it well it's true Mm -hmm. uh you know, they're going to make noises if they can. They're going to move stuff around if they can. They might be just trying to say hello to you, but it mm-hmm. might be worse than that.
0: Maybe they don't want a roommate and they're going to try to get rid of you.
1: Yeah. So uh, if you're considering buying a haunted doll, just be prepared and think about what you're doing mm-hmm. before you do. But I think it's also such an easy way to make extra money mm-hmm. on eBay. It's like, yeah, this doll yeah. is totally haunted. Haunted and Jack AF. up the price to $1,000. Yeah. You Know so, do I think a lot of ones on there are haunted? I don't know, I don't think, but like so. the New say too, they said they get stuff sent to them that has caused like crazy hauntings in people's houses, but for them, it does nothing, it does nothing so it yeah. might just be something tied to that person, right? It doesn't just because a doll's haunted doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be haunted to each person it passes on yeah. to. But I
0: get
1: that, yeah, there's that makes a sense to me, and if you do have one you want to get rid of. There's an awesome website called unsettlingtoys.com, unsettling toy removal and rehoming. Like, they will take your haunted doll and sell it to somebody that wants a haunted doll. Mm. And it's actually nice for
0: them. They make all kinds of money.
1: It's actually a really cool website. Like, you know, you can buy them there. And I was looking at some of the pictures and I was like, nope, nope, not that (laughs) one. Nope. Uh, But yeah, they'll. Okay, for window shopping. but... They'll buy. They'll buy your haunted dolls. Or yeah. you can buy them there if you're so inclined in one. Please don't send us one either. No. We, <laughs> we don't want anybody to send us a haunted doll. No, do doll. not
0: send us anything haunted. No. That's not cool.
1: I mean, worst came to worst. If we got one, I would keep it at my apartment. Okay, thank you. I'm used to living in a haunted apartment for a part of my life. And I don't. I know you don't want anything else here. Nope. We already got this little kid that's here hanging around. Just hanging out. Just hanging out. Sleeping in Lucy's dog bed. So now some famous haunted dolls. I got 14 of them. Okay. Are you ready? I am ready. These aren't in any order except the last two are like the most well known.
0: Is it a male and a female? Yes, it is a
1: male <laughs> and a female.
0: <laughs>
2: good job.
1: <laughs> Number 14 is Peggy. From a travelchannel.com article called, quote, This doll might haunt you just because you saw her photo. It says, and her photo is part of the picture for today's. Oh, good. Yeah. So hopefully it Warning. doesn't haunt you. Yeah. When British paranormal investigator maybe if it's a photo of a photo, it's okay. Maybe then it's okay. <laughs> when British paranormal investigator Jane Harris agreed to examine a supposedly possessed doll named Peggy, she probably didn't. Im- you said Peggy before. No, Peggy. Peggy. P-E-G-G-Y. Okay. <laughs> she probably didn't imagine that she would become one of its victims. A woman called Harris in 2015 and begged for help after the adorable doll she found in a garage sale caused nightmares and a mystery illness. Harris agreed to take Peggy, who the buyer had locked in an outdoor shed, but just a few days into her investigation, she became too ill to leave her bed. Harris reportedly suffered from hallucinations and heard strange noises while Peggy was in her house. She didn't improve until a fellow paranormal investigator took the doll out of her house. Psychics examined Peggy, attempting to understand the spirits possessing her. It's believed that the spirit of a London woman born in 1946 had attached herself to Peggy. That woman later died from a respiratory condition that psychics assume was asthma. According to the Daily Mail, the psychics believe Peggy was, quote, restless, frustrated, and was persecuted in life. Harris uploaded a video of Peggy to YouTube, and viewers immediately reported feeling the effects of their digital encounter with the doll. Nearly 100 people said they'd experienced headaches and felt ill once they'd seen the video. One woman said she had a heart attack, and others said they felt a strong sense of anxiety. Some recent commenters on the YouTube video say they felt nauseated or that the lights in their homes flickered as they watched the video. Hmm. Peggy with her blonde bob and innocent-looking blue eyes is now on display at an American museum where visitors have to sign a waiver before they can lay eyes on the evil doll. And what museum do you think it's in?
0: The Newkirk? Oh, no, the Warrens. No?
1: Zach Baggins. Oh, Zach. It is at Zach Bagans Haunted Museum, of and you do have is. to sign a waiver. <laughs> it's a cute-looking... It's not actually a scary-looking doll. It's a cute-looking doll... But it apparently just seeing the video of the doll is causing people hmm. lots of problems. So Zach, you can keep that one. We yeah. don't want that here. Agreed. Number 13 is George. This comes from Oddity Central website from March 27, 2023. It says Nottingham's Haunted Museum is home to many macabre macabre? Macabre? Macab. And fear-inducing attra- attractions, but few as disturbing as George. A 1930s doll reportedly made using a, hang on, Siri is listening to me. (laughs) Stop it, Siri. Why are you doing this? Okay. Maybe that was talking about Peggy the doll might have just set off my.
0: Yeah, I said seriously the other day and I heard, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh. I was like, no.
1: (laughs) That was weird. I have no idea why Siri popped on on here because I don't have it set up to, Hmm. I'm just going to go with Peggy.
0: Peggy did it. Blame it on Peggy.
1: Nottingham's Haunted Museum is home to many macabre and fear-inducing attractions, but few as disturbing as George, a 1930s doll reportedly made using a dead person's eyes and hair. What? (laughs) No.
0: Stop it. Marie
1: Wesson, who founded the Haunted Museum of Nottingham with her husband in 2018, recently met antique expert Charlie Ross on BBC's popular TV show, Bargain Hunt. She brought along a couple of her most disturbing exhibits, one of which was George, a bizarre-looking doll dating back to 1930s Texas that managed to freak out Ross with its sulking expression and bright blue eyes. As it turns out, there is more to George's creepiness than just his facial expression. He comes from a time when people made such dolls in memory of their loved ones, only in his case, the person who made them used the loved one's actual hair and their glass eyes. Asked about George's origins, Marie Wesson said that the person they got it from came to them because the family was experiencing a lot of paranormal things and they apparently wanted nothing more to do with the doll. The museum owner adds, quote, they would get headaches and their eyes would start hurting so they took them to a few psychics and apparently George wants his eyes and hair back. He can't rest without them. So that's Chris so just <laughs> no looking look at me on like my what? Face
0: right now, that's so creepy. Using somebody's actual real glass hair, real hair, and their, and their, their glass.
1: glass eyes. And George wants he them had back. Two glass eyes, yeah, I guess. Oh. Uh, George wants them back. Okay. So that's George the doll. You, you give can keep George's stuff back. Yeah, you can keep you can keep both Peggy and George. Yeah. We don't want either of those. So Zach here. has that one too. No, oh. that one is in the museum in Nottingham. Nottingham's a haunted museum.
0: There's a haunted museum.
1: Yeah. There's a Haunted Museum in Nottingham in, in England. Very cool. Number 12 is Charlie. This comes from an Atlas Obscura article called Charlie the Haunted Doll. In 1968, a family in upstate New York were going through stuff in the attic of their old Victorian home when they found an old chest. They opened it up, and it seemed only to be filled with old, crumpled newspaper. At the bottom of the chest, however, they found an old doll alongside a yellowed piece of paper that had the Lord's Prayer written on it. (laughs) Right there, it's like, nope. Why is this doll in this chest with the Lord's Prayer? Yeah. Yeah,
0: that's not a good sign. No.
1: Based on the dates on the newspapers, the trunk had been up there since the early 1930s, but there was no way to determine the age of the doll. They decided to name the doll Charlie. The homeowner's family, consisting of himself, his wife, and their five daughters, took out Charlie and put it with the other dolls their daughter had, but then they noticed that Charlie seemed to move from place to place on the bench with all the other dolls, even though everyone in the family said that they had not moved him. Then the youngest daughter, who was four years old, offhandedly told them one day that Charlie had spoken to her when she got up to use the bathroom in the middle of the night. Oh, heck no. According to the article, quote, While the parents never witnessed Charlie doing anything, the children soon became fixated on the doll and were terrified of it. All five of them refused to get up during the night to go to the bathroom, and none of them would venture within five feet of the bench the doll sat on. The final straw was when the youngest was covered with scratches and insisted that they weren't from the cat, but from Charlie. The truth was never fully discovered. The parents, eager to end the chaos, took the old doll to the attic and locked him back in the trunk he was found in. Things soon returned to normal, and the doll was forgotten." Several years later, with the children all grown up, the family sold the house and had a garage sale. The trunk with the doll in it was one of the last things to get sold. An antique doll collector purchased it, and the family told her about what had happened with the doll. Since then, the doll has changed hands a few more times, and its story has followed it. It's said that Charlie is still rumored to move around from time to time, but it only seems to happen when he has children around him. Today, Charlie can be found at a Beverly, Massachusetts shop called Local Artisan, where he sits among taxidermy animals, unusual art, and other oddities. Mm. Kind of like to see that doll. A picture? No, I'd like to go to that museum. I'd like to see like an actual haunted doll in a museum. Mm. I really would. Number 11 is the Haunted Gang. This comes from a Watch Mojo article. It says, quote, Being paranormal investigators, the Watkins family are at least better suited than most to be handling supposed haunted artifacts. They have a group of dolls named Crystal, True, Monica, Sharla, Isaac, Lily, Ashley, and Cameron that were all purchased individually based on their supernatural reputations. The family then brought them together in their Pennsylvania home, placed them up in their attic, and set up a 24-hour live video stream. Over the years, fans of the aptly named Dollhouse have gathered on the webpage forum to discuss the alleged paranormal events caught on camera. Most notable was the footage of a ghostly apparition caught in 2009 of what seemed to be a ghostly young boy at the bottom of the staircase, while others reported seeing a small demonic figure showing up occasionally on the stairs. Sadly What's a this, demonic figure look like? I don't know. Sadly, I love when
0: people just throw that term yeah. out.
1: <laughs> Sadly, the stream stopped updating in 2015. Hmm. But I think the dolls because are the still... the dolls around.
0: murdered them in their sleep <laughs> finally? I not know.
1: It's bad enough to have one haunted doll, but they had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight haunted dolls. Wow. And there's pictures of them from like the old feed, all just sitting there. I, I, if that was still around, I would it. love to watch it. Yeah. I really would. Number 10 is the... I'm not sure how to pronounce this. Pulau Ubin haunted doll. This comes from a website called moonmausoleum.com. It says, quote, On Pulau Ubin, a boomerang-shaped island in northwest Singapore, a peculiar yellow shrine still stands. Hidden away in the forest as one of the last remaining places in Singapore free from urban development, concrete buildings, and paved roads. People come to give offerings and pray for their good luck in gambling to the deity of a young German girl that died and remained on the island with only a haunted Barbie doll as comfort. At the start of the 1900s, uneasiness spread throughout Europe and a full-fledged war rippled through the rest of the world as well. Although World War I didn't quite reach Southeast Asia in full force as in other places, the effects were still real for many of the European settlers in the colonies. Singapore, being a part of the British crown, was not very German-friendly. During the 1910s, the island was home to two German families, the Brandts and the Mulligans that ran coffee plantations, according to legend. In July of 1914, the British started detaining Germans for security reasons as they were considered enemies to the crown. A military force was sent to Pulau Uben to detain the two German families living there. The Germans were, according to the story, sent to a detention barracks on the mainland of Singapore. But the detaining would not go without a dramatic turn. A young daughter of one of the families became frightened and fled from the British forces into the woods and disappeared into the dark, never to be seen again. Days went by without finding her body, and when she was finally discovered by plantation workers, she was dead and covered in ants. They concluded that she had died by falling down a cliff near one of the quarries that sustained the community on the island. The workers covered her body with sand and laid flowers on it. When they walked by the place, they said a prayer and lit incense for the girl. She has since been addressed by the name Nadu Gunyang, which means Datuk Maiden. Sightings of her ghost by the local villagers of Pulau Ubin have kept legend of the nameless girl alive, as well as the peculiar offerings to the shrine that eventually was erected in her honor. When the shrine was constructed over the grave, it became associated with good luck, especially for gambling, as rumors told about people winning the lottery after play- after praying to the shrine. I should have went and prayed at that shrine before our last megabucks. Where or does Power the doll ball. come into this Power story, ball. though?
0: Soon. Okay. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Okay.
1: Therefore, gamblers from Singapore as well as Malaysia came to the shrine to make offerings in the hope that the German girl would bless them with good luck. And today the offerings are perhaps more to a young girl's taste with nail polish, makeup, perfume, and the now famous haunted Barbie doll. Mm. A haunted Barbie doll is placed as an important object in the shrine to the German girl. Although not as haunted as many other objects are rumored to be, as in being possessed by the soul or a ghost the origin of the doll is quite haunting according to legend and this is a more recent one the legend will have it that the haunted barbie doll was requested by the girl herself from beyond the grave an unnamed islander from pulau ubin who had moved to australia kept having strange dreams in 2007 he dreamt of a european looking girl for three nights in a row that led him to a specific toy store with a specific barbie doll she asked for it to be placed at her altar back in singapore So when he found the same store and doll he had dreamt of for so many nights in a row, he bought it and brought the now haunted Barbie doll back to the shrine. Over the years, the haunted Barbie doll has gained its own mysteries and haunted stories, giving new life to the story about the girl and her doll that is said to bring good luck to those who leave blessings. Mm. So that's more of a good haunted doll, yeah. But it's if it, I guess not all
0: haunted dolls are evil. No, are scary.
1: No, but that it's if you look at pictures of this, it's like a shrine in the woods and mm. you know, some like a, a bunker looking thing. There's mm. a a Barbie doll there that people are leaving gifts to. Okay. to bless their luck. This next one I was going to look up how to say it and I totally didn't. Did you see Twilight? Yeah. What was their baby's name? Renesmee. Renesmee. Renesme. Thank you. That's the next one. Number 9 is Renesmee.
0: Weird cuz that's a combination of just two people's names from the movie. Yeah.
1: From a May 21st, 2020 article on Jezebel.com called, quote, Freaky Twilight Doll May Actually Be Haunted, the article says, in the Twilight Saga's Breaking Dawn Part 1, Bella finally gives birth to her half-vampire, half-human baby daughter, inexplicably named Renes- Renes- Renesmee. Renesmee. I might have to say that every time. <laughs> There's a lot of hype leading up to her birth, given that she is supposed to be extremely beautiful. In the process of attempting to create a realistically gorgeous baby, the Twilight crew created an animatronic doll super creepy. to use in the film instead of a real child. It was so creepy that they had to scrap it entirely, subbing in a digitally animated baby.
0: Oh, Yet- well, that was creepy, too. I didn't know that that wasn't the animated yeah. doll.
1: Yet the legend of Renesmee, Renesmee. Renesmee <laughs> grew.
0: Maybe I'm saying it wrong. To I this
1: day, know. the doll is almost as famous as a movie's characters, despite not even appearing in the film. The movie's director, Bill Condon, said of the prop, quote, truly it was one of the most grotesque things I've ever seen. I don't think a, I've
0: ever seen it. It
1: was a horror show. There was one shot where I called cut, and suddenly she turned her head and mechanically stared right into the camera. <laughs> it was incredibly disturbing.
2: Oh, that's
0: great.
1: What happened to the cursed doll? As much as I wish she was sitting on a sofa in Robert Pattinson's apartment, she actually lives in Forks, Washington, the setting of the Twilight movies, which were largely filmed in Oregon. She's very dear to me, Lissy Andros, executive director for the Forks Chamber of Commerce, tells Jezebel, but a lot of people hate her guts. The chamber operates the Forever Twilight Collection Gallery year-round, featuring a mix of acquired pieces and donations like her doll, and she's extremely popular. The gallery actually had to get her a display cover after people kept trying to touch her. Andros says, quote, People were so drawn to her, it was almost like they turned into zombies, and they would walk towards her and have to touch her. She's one of those pieces that you're either drawn to or are completely freaked out by. Children are very drawn to her. She has those kind of eyes that watch you. The doll is also very heavy due to her animatronic guts, about 35 pounds, he estimates, and it is currently actively melting. Andros isn't sure what material she's made of, but the doll is reportedly now tacky to the touch. She's not going to be with us forever, she says. But her spirit could be. Recently, TikTok user Abby... 2 3, 4, 6, 7, 8, 9. Two three four five six seven eight nine Posted a video about the doll, saying that she was told while visiting the gallery that the doll was indeed haunted. That may be true. Andros says, "Quote: One day she might be standing up straight, and the next when you come in on another day, she's in a weird position. It's like is she moving around in there? We don't know, but we do tell everybody that the cover is on her for their protection." Mm. So that is... I've never
0: seen the animatronic doll, but I thought the baby in the movie was creepy. It just was obviously not real.
1: Well, this was apparently even creepier than the one... I'd like to see it. I'm going to (laughs) have to Google that. Yeah, we might have to go to to Forks.
0: I would love to go to Oregon. I think it's beautiful.
1: Number eight is Poopa. Poopa. Poopa the doll. Poopa the doll was made in the likeness of her owner, a young girl in Italy in the 1920s. Poopa became that little girl's best friend and secret keeper until the end of her life in 2005. Since then, Wow, so she lived from the 1920s to 2005. Mm-hmm. Since then, Poopa has been kept in a display cabinet, which she does not seem to like at all. Poopa, the doll, is approximately 14 inches in height, is made mostly from felt or a felt like fabric, and was made in the likeness of the girl who came to own her. Poopa, which is Latin for doll, was made for a little girl in Italy in the 1920s and owned her right up until her death in 2005. Poopa's hair is real human hair, though it is believed to be hair that was sold to the doll maker rather than the hair of the owner. Although having an owner's hair worked into a doll was often the case back in those days. That's weird. That's yeah, very like putting yeah. That's like asking for it to yeah, be, human <laughs> hair asking, on
0: inanimate objects just is asking be a for thing.
1: asking for demons. The little girl who owned Poopa often stated that her doll was quote alive. I just love the
0: name Poopa. I know, I love the name Poopa.
1: <laughs> the little girl who owned Poopa often stated that her doll was alive and had a will of its own. She stated that she and Poopa would talk often throughout the years, that Poopa held all of her secrets and was a help in hard times, even going so far as to have saved her life one time. Hmm. Poopa and her owner traveled quite extensively throughout Europe and the United States. At the end of World War II, the little girl's grandmother passed away, so as a memento and a way to remember her, a button from her grandmother's clothes was sewn onto Poopa's dress. Poopa's owner cherished her right up until the end when she passed away, and it is here that the doll's activity really began to show. After her owner's passing, Poopa was placed in the glass display cabinet, a fitting piece to have on display seeing as she had traveled the world, survived a world war, and also outlived the owner, which is quite an achievement as none of my childhood toys seem to be left in one piece. According to the family that keeps Poopa under their care, the doll really does not like being confined and they have had several interesting experiences that seem to verify this. At times, a tapping sound comes from the cabinet like something is trying to draw your attention to it. Soon after this, they begin to notice that the doll has changed position within the cabinet. Her arms will be in a different position, legs crossed or uncrossed, but most interesting of all is a subtle change in its expression that they have noticed over the years. That's like a nope. Yeah. Items in the case with her are also moved around, sometimes haphazardly and at other times done with more precision. One day, the glass cabinet looked to be quite filthy, so someone set to cleaning it. They opened it up and breathed warm air on the glass to fog it over and see the marks more clearly, and they were shocked to find the words, quote, poopa hate written on the inside of the cabinet. That's creepy. Yeah, that's creepy. Those who have investigated poopa say that they have recorded the doll moving, but the movements are so slow that they essentially go undetected by the human eye. But photo and videos taken over long duration and compared show these movements quite easily. The doll's location is kept secret. As such, I cannot tell you which town or even which country the doll can be found in. As for who or what haunts a doll, that's a hard one to answer, but many think that maybe it was part of the childhood spirit of that doll's owner, a part of her essence imparted on this object she so loved and cherished. And with her passing, that spirit became stronger, maybe even complete within the doll itself.
2: Hmm.
1: Creepy. Mm -hmm. Number seven is Mandy. Mandy. October 4th, 2015, HorrorSociety.com article called, quote, Forget Annabelle, Meet Mandy, the Haunted Doll, says, quote, Meet Mandy, who is currently on display in the Quesnel and District Museum in Canada. Mandy, a doll created sometime between 1900 and 1920, was given to the museum by a donor who wished to remain anonymous. The donor had a chilling experience with the doll and wanted to get rid of it without destroying whatever historic quality it possessed. One night, the donor was awoken by extremely loud cries, the cries of a baby that were echoing and radiating from the basement where the doll had been kept. Only one problem a baby was not present in the house Blah. at this time of night. Yuck. After hearing, after hours of listening to the shrieks, the donor finally mustered up the courage to sneak into the basement heck and examine no. the source of the cries. Upon going into the basement, they found nothing but an open window, and Mandy was missing, only to be back in the basement the next morning. <laughs> That's creepy. What
0: the heck?
1: After dropping, if I ever hear
0: baby cries coming from down here, <laughs> we're be, immediately you, moving. moving.
1: Yeah. After dropping Mandy the doll off at the museum, the donor confirmed that an experience like that never occurred again. However, the arrival of Mandy at the Quesnel and District Museum started a new wave of distress and discomfort for the staff and visitors there. Almost immediately after being placed in front of the front door, staff members started reporting that their lunches were going missing, only to be shown show, only to show up later neatly tucked into random drawers. Books and stationery started going missing on a routine basis, too. Eventually Mandy had to be moved to a more private display, one away from other dolls of her kind, because it's rumored that she would often topple them over in the middle of the night due to some sort of jealousy. According to the Quesnel Museum website, quote, Mandy gained notoriety when museum staff reported strange occurrences. When Mandy arrived, she was photographed to add her to the collection. She was left in the lab overnight. When staff members arrived in the morning, they found the lab in complete disarray as though a small child had had a temper tantrum. Later a st- tantrum, tantrum. <laughs> Later a stuffed lamb given to Mandy to keep her company was found on the floor outside of her locked case. That's so creepy. People have had different experience with, with uh, people have had different experiences with Mandy. Here are some of the stories that we have been told. A visitor from Calgary tried to videotape Mandy with no success but was able to tape everywhere else in the museum. A visitor from Surrey reported that when she returned home, her house had been broken into and the only item stolen was a porcelain doll. Alone at night, developing photographs of Mandy in the basement lab, a local reporter heard footsteps upstairs and then his contact sheet jammed in the machine. This had never happened to him before, and many visitors to the museum swear that Mandy's eyes follow them as they walk around the room. Every year, people still come to the museum just to see Mandy. If you visit her in person, you can read her scrapbook, watch video clips, and see if you feel anything special. Mm. Mandy's a no. That's That yeah, one's kind of, one's kind no. of creepy.
0: Of she rejected their gift of a stuffed animal.
1: Yeah, she outside the lock nope. case. The next one is ok- Okiku. O-K-I-K-U. This comes from a Curious Archive article from March 28, 1922. According to the story of Okiku, the doll was purchased by a 17-year-old boy named Aikichi Suzuki during a visit to Sapporo for a marine exhibition in 1918. The doll was a gift from his travels for his two-year-old sister named Okiku, although in some versions of the story she's called Kikoku. When it was initially bought, the doll had a hairstyle called Okapa, which is similar to a bob cut, which is popular on Japanese dolls. Okiku loved her new doll, and it served as the little girl's companion until she died suddenly from a cold-like illness at the age of three. Devastated by their loss, Okiku's family put her favorite doll on the household altar where they prayed in memory of Okiku. Before long, the family noticed that the hair on the doll had begun to grow as if it was on the head of a human. The family concluded that the restless spirit of Okiku, who died so young, was now trapped inside her beloved doll. The doll remained with Okiku's family until 1938 when they moved and gave the doll to the Meneji Temple where she remains enshrined to this day. She is now referred to as Okiku after her former owner. Some believe that the hair still continues to grow from her head and is the hair of the child. Okiku's hair-growing party trick didn't stop when she found a new home at the temple. Allegedly, her cropped hair grew nearly 10 inches all the way down to her knees during the beginning of her stay at the temple and continues to require trimming to stop it from growing out of control. Stop it. That's so crazy. It is. The priest that cuts her hair was said to receive a message from Okiku in his dreams asking him to keep her hair trimmed. A user named Azumi on Yahoo's Japanese Paranormal Occult Forum says that a Japanese paranormal book discussing Okiku's claims say that the temple refuses to allow the doll to be disassembled and analyzed. Others claim that the temple allowed some of the trimmed hair to be tested, and it determined that it was indeed the hair of a real child. And if Okiku's story isn't creepy enough already, some visitors believe that her mouth is slowly opening to reveal a set of human teeth. No. (laughs) Whether or not any of this is true, Okiku continues to intrigue and frighten visitors to her shrine to this day with her personal twist on the forever eerie haunted doll trope. Mm. No? Nope. You're noping that one? I'm noping all of them. (laughs) Except maybe the luck one, the Barbie doll. Yeah, that's about it. Number five is Lily. This comes from Ashita Pandy's blog uh, from a article called Haunted Doll Lily. It says, quote, Lily is a haunted doll from Salem, Oregon, which now resides in Zach Bagan's Haunted Museum. Of course she does. Lily is an 1800s German doll who has real human hair on her head. Stop putting real hair yeah, on it's dolls. That's just wrong. She, she is deemed to be, if I pass away, we'll make a Kurt doll that has like my hair. <laughs>
0: Uh, where are we going to store that? Down here. And not uh, even, gla- just, much, not even I,
1: glass eyes, just my actual eyes. Like a life-size it. doll that yeah, I we'll can sit across from? put it right, here, across put it right here. Oh, I'll just sit and talk to that it. Is, that is, wow. and it. You'll hear footsteps down it's here at so night. So
0: horrifying. <laughs> just tummy growling. <laughs> you'll hear tummy gurgling at night.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, she's in Zag Bagans Haunted Museum. Lily is an 1800s German doll who has real human hair on her head. She is deemed to be incredibly haunted, and the story behind her is sad. What I found really crazy and interesting about this doll in particular is the fact that there's really not much information about her Of course, there's the information that Zach Bagan shares about her, but there are not really articles upon articles about her, and in fact, there's very limited information when it comes to Lily.
0: Yeah, I wonder how accurate Zach's information is. Yeah,
1: I'm smelling what you're cooking. (laughs) So when an antique dealer initially found Lily the Haunted Doll inside of an antique chest, he brought the doll home. Once the doll entered his home, he began having these reoccurring nightmares about a little girl who had a very bad accident. The antique dealer said that these nightmares were way too disturbing to even talk about, but he just knew that these nightmares and the little girl who had this accident were associated with this doll he had brought home from the antique chest. He then put that doll in his antique shop, where one day a little girl came up with her parents and began speaking to the doll for a long time as though if she was conversing with a human being. This caught the attention of everyone in the store, and everyone was curious about the response that the child was getting from this doll while having the conversation. No one could see or hear the doll responding, but at the same time, the gestures of the kid was undeniable to the fact that she was indeed talking to something or someone. The little girl then told everyone that Lily the doll said that she was once a little girl who was subjected to extreme and severe violence, and she also explained to the girl the violence she had been through. When Zack acquired Lily, a woman had to retrieve Lily and had to physically touch her in order to get her down from the little cabinet in which she was stored. The woman suddenly started rambling, quote, "I must wash my hands, I must wash my ha- I must wash my hands," and also experienced a sharp pain in her stomach to the point where she became immobile. Then Zach Bagans took the doll. The doll now resides in his haunted museum along with other haunted objects. As I've said before, there's just not as much information about this doll than other dolls. The lack of information is probably the reason this doll is so intriguing because it brings up so many questions that have no answers. All we know about it is that there was a little girl who lived a life of violence and is now trapped inside this doll. So there you go. Zach's got that one too. Number four is a ruby. And this also comes from moonmausoleum.com. "'Ruby the doll had a special talent when she was living with her family. That talent was moving from room to room all on her own. No wonder the owners didn't want to play with her as she was so cursed that she made the people holding her feel sick, sad, and sometimes even nauseous. She's a porcelain doll from the early 1900s from southern Ontario in Canada and belonged to a very sick young girl of the same name that always had her in their possession who passed away when she was holding Ruby in her arms.'" The family even contacted a psychic medium to get rid of the spirit that seems to have attached itself to the doll, but it seems to have failed as the strange occurrences around the doll keep keep happening. Even with the cutesy blue eyes and gold locks, she is definitely not the scariest looking doll out there, but there is something about the way she watches you with with her porcelain eyes. The family that originally owned her certainly seemed to think so, and thus they kept her hidden away. Instead, the doll was passed down from generation to generation and put away in attics and basements, but they would constantly find her in other rooms than the ones they had left her in. That's so creepy. Yeah. Since then, she's been creeping out every generation that has inherited her, not only by disappearing and appearing in different rooms, but because of the strange sounds that also seem to be coming from inside the doll. Do you know where she is now?
0: Zach Bagans? No,
1: a- oh. the Newkirks. Oh, the Newkirks. Okay. She is one of the Newkirks dolls. This actually knows how
0: my tone changes. Yeah, oh,
1: there's oh. <laughs> such oh, nice. there's such a, a difference between <laughs> Zach Bagans. You know. Yeah,
0: because they're well, they do like a, a they do tour with their haunted objects. Yeah, but they don't have like a museum. I where don't they... know. I
1: don't think this is the one that they had. Well, when... they have a museum. I, I know, say. but I don't think this is the one they're bringing with them on tour that mm. Stephanie saw. Mm-hmm. But this comes from the Week and Weird article called Ruby the Haunted Doll. Meet the Sad Artifact that Proves Not All Haunted. Isn't that
0: their blog? Yeah. Week and Weird. And this is written
1: by Dana Newkirk.
0: Okay.
1: Big crush on Dana Newkirk.
0: I kind of have a crush on Dana Newkirk.
1: So Dana says, quote, Ruby was given to me by my good friend Megan, who at the time of our conversation had the doll hidden away in an old attic stuffed into a cardboard box with some board games and books. Ruby had been a family heirloom for a handful of generations, though as the years wore on, Megan's family had become less and less welcoming of having Ruby as a house guest. One look at her and it's easy to understand why they might not want her on display in their homes, but her appearance wasn't the only reason that Ruby had spent the last several decades stored away in boxes and musty basements. According to the family, the well-worn heirloom came with all the usual features of a creepy haunted doll. It moved around the room seemingly of its own accord, produced strange sounds, and generally terrified and disgusted anyone with the slightest belief in the supernatural. Ruby, though, has another unique ability. She seemed to make anyone in her immediate vicinity feel ill. Megan said that the antique doll had a knack for causing headaches, allergies, exhaustion, and most commonly, overwhelming nausea.
0: Allergies?
1: (laughs) I guess. (laughs) As it turns out, Ruby belonged to a very distant member of Megan's family, a very ill little girl who died when she was quite young. In fact, the family says that the girl died while holding Ruby in her arms. The uncomfortable Uh and often unspoken feeling that Ruby gave the family was that their long dead relative is likely still attached to her favorite doll. Knowing that I'd spend the better part of my life investigating paranormal activity, Megan asked me if I would be interested in giving Ruby a home where she and her family knew she would be safe, respected, and even helped. Of course, I said yes. Ruby the Haunted Doll officially became a member of our strange family that day. At first, Ruby didn't do anything out of the ordinary, and we credited her tales of of movement and sickness to a group of people just having worked themselves up over an old family legend, a sad situation, and a creepy doll it's understandable and it happens more often than you might think. Eventually Greg and I founded the Traveling Museum of the Paranormal. I love these guys. And the occult, bringing a rotating collection of our most interested haunting or most interesting haunted items to events in some of the world's most haunted locations, and Ruby's story was one we felt needed to be told. It seems like all Ruby needed was a crowd to get her to come out of her shell because that's when the really strange events started to occur. Most who come into contact with Ruby walk away having felt no headaches, no nausea, no onset of a chronic illness. Many, though, have a different, more unusual response, one that was hard to ignore. What we began to notice was that close to half of all the people who took the time to actually hold Ruby reported being overwhelmed by familiar maternal feelings. In fact, most people who held her began to rock her back and forth, treating Ruby as you would a living child, with a number of them actually breaking down into tears due to an overwhelming sudden sadness for her. Stranger still is the fact that museum visitors will be performing these motherly actions without even realizing they're doing them. I've had full conversations with people who have been bouncing Ruby, rocking her, even burping her the entire time. It's not until I point out their actions that they even remember they're holding Ruby. That's, That's weird. weird. As you can imagine, the shock tends to hit them fairly hard, especially if their initial reaction to Ruby was to recoil in horror from the quote, creepy doll. It's as if she's sending them a message saying, I'm not scary. For the most part, despite her stained clothing and cracked face, Ruby has never done anything particularly frightening, and that's the lesson I love to teach to visitors of the Traveling Museum of the Paranormal and the Occult. Not everything that looks creepy is out to terrorize you, possess you, or drag your soul to the depths of hell. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's very rare that any entities, human or otherwise, are trying to get you to do anything beyond understand them. All you need to do is overcome your ingrained fears and listen closely for the message these items are trying to send. I like, love their approach to I know, this stuff. I, do too. I really do. It's just so funny that as soon as we mention Zach, both you I'm and like, I are like, Ell. yeah, but as soon as we mention the Newkirks, oh, new it's Kirk's. like, oh, I love them. <laughs> but I, I, I I want to find out. I have to look to see if that's the one Stephanie said they had. Like, mm-hmm. it sucks that that might be in Milwaukee, just a little south right of now, us today. And I know they have
0: one of those crying children um, Well, portraits. you and I were a little
1: offended that they didn't choose yeah. to just come on our podcast. Hello. You know, they're probably, probably already... probably could have invited them. They're probably them. already up here. Mm-hmm. You know, it would be cool to have them and Josh Gates.
0: Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that would be nice. Dream team.
1: Scary doll number three, Letta, L-E-T-T-A. This one comes from amyscrypt.com from an article from Ooh. August 11th. Is that Amy from?
0: No, Amy's Crypt is, there's a YouTube channel okay. called Amy's Crypt. I wonder if that was the Amy from Ghost Hunters. I think Bruni? she and her husband Amy are. Bruni? Yeah, that's Amy Bruni. Okay. No, Amy's Crypt is a YouTube channel and it's she and her husband. They're from Australia and they do um, investigations all over the world. Nice. I didn't know any of that.
2: Yeah.
1: So it comes from an August 11, 2019 article called, quote... I think they're Australian, sorry. Letta Me Out, one of the world's most haunted dolls. Article says, quote, Letta Me Out is well-known amongst the paranormal community as being one of the most haunted dolls haunted dolls in the world. The doll, which currently resides in Australia, is surrounded by quite a bit of mystery. While the doll sports exaggerated facial features, giving it a wicked look that is off-putting to many, this haunted doll may be not as bad as its evil appearance suggests. Letta's story can be traced to the small town of Wagga Wagga. <laughs> I love Wagga Wagga. Wagga Wagga in rural New South Wales, Australia. It was here during the 1970s that a young man by the name of, by the name of Cary Walton decided to explore an abandoned house with his brother. The two men had always been inquisitive over the property, having heard countless stories of it being a haunted house as kids. It was within this house that Carrie was made, that Kerry was to make a shocking discovery. Underneath the floors of the decaying property, he spotted something sinister, which at first glance he thought to be the body of a dead child. Upon closer inspection, Carrie had discovered a strange doll with a wicked grin. Carrie felt compelled to rescue the doll from beneath the house. It was on the long drive home to Brisbane that these brothers were to dub the doll, quote, Let Me Out, after making jokes that the doll appeared to be moving within the sack he was currently being transported (laughs) inside of. Krista's like, nope. As soon as I see your face, as soon as I see your face change, (laughs) I'm like, nope. Carrie's family were understandably apprehensive towards the doll when he was first brought home, yet it was the strange activity to follow that really had them unsettled. It was said that the Letta Me Out doll would move around on its own accord, with strange scuff marks apparently left from the doll's shoes being found around the house each morning. New. Don't like that. Mm -hmm. In addition, some people had an aversion to the doll's presence, feeling sick, faint, or overcome by emotion when the doll was around. Animals, mostly dogs, would act strange around the doll, often trying to attack it. Because so many strange occurrences that happened surrounding Letta, his new owners became curious as to what they could learn about the mysterious children's toy. To their surprise, experts were able to date the doll at around 200 years old by analyzing some of the nails under the doll's feet. It was also speculated the doll had been handcrafted somewhere in Eastern Europe, most likely in Romania, judging by the doll's gypsy-like appearance. Interestingly, the doll even has a full head of human hair. Once again, why? In addition, the doll was also taken to a psychic for analysis. The psychic came up with some compelling information, which has been reiterated by other psychics throughout the years. It is said that the doll is actually inhabited by the spirit of a young boy who died a long time ago from drowning. It's also speculated that the doll may have been, may have been even created in this boy's likeness. Make sure my microphone is on. This was put to the test when well, the- Unless
0: op- you turned it off at some point, it's probably on. I can't see if my- I check constantly okay. <laughs> myself, but <laughs> so I, I don't get need it to, from you. So
1: I don't need to get that from me. It's also speculated that the old doll may have been created in this boy's likeness. Carrie was even allegedly told that he would never be separated from the doll. This was put to the test when the opportunity to sell Letta arose, yet Carrie just couldn't bring himself to part with the doll. Today, Letta out has become an integral part of Carrie's family. Though this haunted doll appears to look a little creepy, its sad backstory means the doll might just be inhabited by an innocent child's spirit. The doll is believed to be good-natured and may even bring luck to those who come into contact with it. Carrie tours and does occasional public appearances with Letta where fans of the doll are able to meet and have their photo taken with one of the world's most haunted dolls. I have found the best way to keep up to date with the doll's activities and appearances are via Letta's Facebook page. And An added bonus of following this page is that all posts are written by the doll in the first person. Nice. So there you go. Now we get to number two. What do you think number two is? It's the female. Annabelle. Annabelle. Number two is Annabelle. From an October tw- October 1st, 2023 article on allthatisinteresting.com, the article says, quote, she sits in a glass case bearing a hand-carved inscription of the Lord's prayer. Player. She sits in a glass case bearing a high...
2: <laughs>
1: she sits in a glass case bearing a hand-cut...
0: Hand-cut, huh?
1: <laughs> <laughs> sure. I need a drink of coffee. Entertain our listeners.
0: She sits in a glass case with the handwritten version. (laughs) (laughs) She sits in a
1: glass case bearing a hand-carved inscription of the Lord's Prayer while a pleasant smile rests on her happy face sitting under a mop of red hair. But beneath the case is a sign that reads, quote, warning, positively do not open. To the uninformed visitors of the Warrens Occult Museum in Monroe, Connecticut, she looks like any other raggedy doll produced in the mid-20th century, but the original Annabelle doll is actually anything but ordinary. Since her first supposed haunting in 1970, this allegedly evil doll has been blamed for demonic possession, a slew of violent attacks, and at least two near-death experiences. In recent years, the true stories of Annabelle have even inspired a series of horror films. I don't think
0: I've seen any of those. Really? No. The Conjuring movies? No. Oh, they're really good.
1: But just how much of Annabelle's story is real? Is the real Annabelle doll truly a vessel for a demonic spirit in search of a human host? Or is she simply a child's toy used as a prop for wildly profitable ghost stories? These are the real stories of Annabelle. Though she doesn't share the same porcelain skin and lifelike features as her cinematic counterpart, the Annabelle doll that lives in the Occult Museum of Famed Paranormal Investigators Ed and Lorraine Warren, the pair that worked on the case, is made all the more creepy by how ordinary she appears. Like I said, I didn't know it was a Raggedy Ann doll. Mm -hmm. I thought it was a different doll. Annabelle's stitched features, including her half-smile and bright orange triangular nose, evoke memories of childhood toys and simpler times. If you could ask Ed and Lorraine Warren, although Ed died in 2006 and Lorraine in 2019, they would tell you that the stark warnings scrawled across Annabelle's glass case are more than necessary. According to the paranormal investigators, the doll is responsible for two near-death experiences, one fatal accident, and a string of demonic activities that lasted some 30 years. The first of these hauntings can be allegedly traced back to 1970 when Annabelle was brand new. The story was told to the Warrens by two young women and was retold for years after by the Warrens themselves. There's a lot of people that don't like the Warrens. I know. That they were completely faking everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As the story goes, the Annabelle doll had been gifted to a young nurse named Donna, or Deidre, depending on the source, from her mother for her 28th birthday. Donna, apparently thrilled with the gift, brought it back to her apartment that she shared with a yet another young nurse named Angie. At first, the doll was an adorable accessory, sitting on a sofa in the living room and greeting visitors with her colorful visage. But before long, the two women began to notice that Annabelle seemed to move around the room of her own accord. Donna would sit her on the living room sofa before leaving for work, only to come home in the afternoon and find her sitting in the bedroom with the door shut. Donna and Angie then started finding notes left throughout the apartment reading, Help me. Yuck. I don't like that. According to the women, the notes were written on parchment paper, which they did not even have in their home. Furthermore, Angie's boyfriend, known only as Lou, was in the apartment one afternoon when Donna was out and heard rustling in the room as if someone had broken in. Upon inspection, he found no sign of entry, but found the Annabelle doll laying face down on the ground. Suddenly, he felt a searing pain on his chest and looked down to find two long claw marks running across it. Two days later, the scratches had vanished without a trace. Following Lou's traumatic experience, the women invited a psychic medium over to help solve their seemingly paranormal problem. The medium held a seance and told the women that the doll was inhabited by the spirit of a deceased seven-year-old girl named Annabelle Higgins, whose body had been found years earlier on the site where their apartment building had been built. The medium claimed that the spirit was benevolent and simply wanted to be loved and cared for. The two young nurses reportedly felt bad for the spirit and consented to allow to take her permanent residence up in the apartment. Mm -hmm. You you don't like that? No, that's a bad idea. Eventually, in an attempt to rid their home of the Annabelle's doll spirit, Donna and Angie called upon a priest known as Father Hagen. Hagen contacted his superior, Father Cook, who alerted Ed and Lorraine Warren. As far as Ed and Lorraine Warren were concerned, the two young ladies' troubles truly started when they began believing that the doll deserved their sympathy. The Warrens believed that there was actually a demonic force in search of a human host within Annabelle and not a friendly soul. The Warrens' account of the case states, quote, Spirits do not possess inanimate objects like houses or toys. They possess people. An inhuman spirit can attach itself to a place or an object, and this is what occurred in the Annabelle case. This spirit manipulated the doll and created the illusion of being alive in order to get recognition. Truly, the spirit was not looking to stay attached to the doll, it was looking to possess a human host. Immediately, the Warrens noted what they believed were signs of demonic possession, including teleportation, the doll moving on its own, materialization, the parchment paper notes, and the mark of the beast on Lou's clawed chest. The Warrens subsequently ordered an exorcism of the apartment to be performed by Father Cook. Then they took Annabelle out of the apartment and to her final resting place in their occult museum in the hopes that her demonic reign would finally end. Following Annabelle's removal from Donna and Angie's apartment, the Warrens documented several other paranormal experiences involving the doll, the first just minutes after they took possession of her. After the exorcism of the nurse's apartment, the Warrens buckled Annabelle into the back seat of their car, their car and vowed not to take the highway in case she had some kind of accident causing power over them and their vehicle. However, even the safer back roads proved too risky for the couple. On their way home, Lorraine claimed that their brakes either stalled or failed several times, resulting in several near-disastrous crashes. I would
0: have just chucked her right out the window. <laughs> said bye Good luck. later.
1: Lorraine, cl- <laughs> Lorraine claimed that as soon as Ed pulled holy water from his bag and doused the doll with it, the problems with the brakes disappeared. Upon arriving home, Ed and Lorraine placed the doll in Ed's study. There, they reported that the doll levitated and moved around the house. Even when placed in a locked office in an outer building, the Warrens claimed that she would turn up later inside the house. If this is legit, that's creepy. It's creepy, yes. Finally, the Warrens decided to lock Annabelle up for good. They had a specially made glass and wood case constructed upon which they inscribed the Lord's Prayer in St. Michael's Prayer. For the rest of his life, Ed would periodically say a binding prayer over the case, ensuring that the sinister spirit and the doll remained good and trapped. Since being locked up, Annabelle the doll hasn't moved again, although it's alleged that her spirit has found ways to reach out to the earthly plane. Once, a priest who was visiting the Warrens Museum picked up Annabelle and discounted her demonic abilities. Ed warned the priest about mocking Annabelle's demonic power, but the young priest laughed him off. On his way home, the priest was involved in a near-fatal crash that totaled his new car. He claimed to have seen Annabelle in his rearview mirror just before the accident. Mm. No? Yeah, no. Years later, another visitor rapped on the glass of the Annabelle doll's case and laughed at how silly people were to believe in her. On his way home, he reportedly lost control of his motorcycle and crashed headlong into a tree. He was killed instantly and his girlfriend just barely survived. She claimed that after the time of the accident, the, at the exact time of the accident, the couple had been laughing about the Annabelle doll. Over the years, the Warrens continued to recount these tales as proof of Annabelle the doll's horrific powers, although none of these stories could be corroborated. The names of the young priest and the motorcyclist were never divulged. Neither Donna nor Angie, the two nurses who were Annabelle's first victims, ever came forward with their story. Neither Father Cook nor Father Hagen appeared to have mentioned their exorcisms of her ever again. It would appear that all we have is the Warrens' word that any of this even took place. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this kind of came up, too, with the Amityville Horror because the Warrens were involved in Mm -hmm. that. So a lot of people, I did not realize that that many people dislike... Or distrust the Warrens. Just a lot of controversy yeah. around them. It's said that the Warrens have had a complicated relationship with the truth. Yeah. Though they became practi- practically household names for their involvement in the Amityville Horror case and those that ex- and those that inspired The Conjuring, their work has been almost entirely debunked. An investigation by the New England Skeptical Society proved that the artifacts in the Warrens' occult museum are mostly fraudulent, citing doctored photos and exaggerated storytelling. Hmm. The real-life fears surrounding the original Annabelle doll only flared up even more in August of 2020 when reports surfaced that she had escaped from the Warrens' occult museum. The Warrens' son-in-law, Tony Spera, said, quote, "...I'm here to tell you something. I don't know if you want to hear this or not, but Annabelle did not escape. Annabelle's alive. Well, I shouldn't say alive. Annabelle's here in all her infamous glory. She never left the museum." Remember, I have high-tech security here. If she had left the museum, I'd have instantly known something happened or that somebody broke in. I have good alarm systems here, and the police are good to respond. But Annabelle's here. She didn't go anywhere. She didn't take a trip. She didn't fly first class, and she didn't go out to visit her boyfriend. Mm -hmm. So here she is. Let's put the rumors to rest, guys. I appreciate the concern. I'd be concerned if Annabelle really did escape because she is nothing to play with. But of course, conspiratorial rumors persist that the real Annabelle doll did vanish, and that she is out there right now somewhere. Hmm. So there you go. There Someone's is Annabelle. private collection. There is Annabelle. I I don't know. I think so much of her story is embellished. The fact that we don't know who these nurses were that had the, the yeah. fact that the priests.
0: Zero percent of it has been corroborated yeah. by anything. And
1: and chances are people coming to the museum to see Annabelle are already so predisposed to something creepy oh, yeah. happening that they are going to imagine that something scary happened. So I don't know if I think Annabelle is actually haunted. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I we should actually do an episode on the Warrens at some point mm-hmm. too, because yeah, I'd be really like to look more into this stuff. And what do you think the number 1 position is? I've been trying to think
0: of his name. Is it James?
1: Robert. Robert. Uh when I knew it was like when one of those I was classic when,
2: male names. When, when Robert, I was on yes.
1: Brian Young's podcast mm-hmm. with Lauren, you know, mm-hmm. Transatlantic Ramblings, they he was talking about how they had I think the guy that runs the museum or or Robert's owner now and that they actually played Brian's podcast to robert so robert could hear it wow like robert robert the doll i would like to see i mean robert the doll Just is ask
0: his permission before you yes, take a photo we're going
1: to get we're going to get to that so this wow. comes from an atlas obscura article about robert and it's called quote here is something that most people would agree is true about robert the doll he's terrifying and it also comes from a hauntedroom.com article called robert the doll the story of eugene otto and his enchanted doll So both of those websites made up this description. Seen as a little boy in a sailor suit, his careworn face is only vaguely human. His nub of a nose looks like a pair of pinholes. He is covered in brown nicks like scars. His eyes are beady and black. He wears a malevolent smirk. Clasped in his lap, he's holding his own toy, a dog with garish popping eyes and a too-big tongue lolling crazily out of its mouth. Here are also some other things that people also agree is true about Robert. He's haunted, he's caused car accidents, broken bones, job loss, divorces, and a cornucopia of other misfortunes. Robert is now 117 years old and lives at the Fort East Martello Museum in Key West, Florida, in a new display case which was recently donated by someone who is a fan of Robert's, says Corey Convertito. Corey Convertito, I like that name, curator of the museum. But the comfortable new digs, complete with humidity control and UV-filtering glass to preserve the artifact, do not seem to have reformed Robert. The museum still gets regular reports of evils attributed to the doll. Before Robert came to the museum in 1994, he was the property of Robert Eugene Otto, an eccentric artist and member of a prominent Key West family. Yes, the doll and the owner have the same name, but the boy answered to the name Gene. Robert was a childhood birthday gift from Otto's grandfather who bought the doll during a trip to Germany. Otto's relationship with the doll continued into adulthood. A different origin story that says says that the family lived in a large mansion house that still stands today, and because the, the mansion was so large, they needed help, so they hired several servants. It's said that one maid was caught using voodoo and was quickly fired, but before she left, she gave Robert the doll to Eugene, But Robert was cursed. She used some of the voodoo that she'd been fired for on the doll to bring fear and discomfort to the entire family. So there's two different origin Mm -hmm. stories. Convertido says, quote, what people really remember is what they would probably term as an unhealthy relationship with the doll. He brought it everywhere. He talked about it in the first person as if he weren't a doll. He was Robert, as as in he is a live entity. After some digging, the museum traced Robert's origins to the Stafe Company, the same toy company that first manufactured a teddy bear in honor of Theodore Roosevelt. Robert was most likely never intended to be sold as a toy. A stafe historian told the museum that Robert was probably part of a set fabricated for a window display of clowns or jesters. Which is kind of adorable, says Convertito. Especially with his impish behavior, it kind of suits his personality really well. Robert's little sailor suit was not supplied by the company. It was probably an outfit that Otto himself wore as a child. Eugene was often heard whispering to Robert, which was entirely normal. It was only when a deep voice was heard answering back to Eugene that things seemed to get a bit strange. The Robert the Doll story gets stranger and stranger as the years go on. Robert was said to have somewhat of a hold over Eugene, and loud, violent commotions could be heard coming from Eugene's bedroom on an almost nightly basis. Furniture could often be found overturned, toys of Eugene's were often found ripped apart, and when the Otto family walked into Eugene's room, he was often found huddled on his bed petrified. When asked what had happened, he only ever had one response, quote, Robert did it. While this could have been laughed off as childish storytelling, adults also started noticing odd occurrences, especially as Otto and Robert grew older. As an adult, Otto lived in a stately home he called, quote, the artist's house, where Robert could be seen positioned at the upstairs window. School children swore that he would appear and reappear as they avoided walking past the house. Annette, Eugene's wife, was said to detest Robert and supposedly banished him back to the attic.
0: I feel like there was a movie made about this that I watched.
1: There might be. Naturally, he didn't take particularly kindly to this, and so Robert the Haunted Doll once more placed demands on Eugene requesting the turret room of the house because, quote, he wanted a room with a view of the street. Are you looking up the movie? No. Oh. Gene spent all of his time in the turret room with Robert, painting and talking to his doll until his death in 1974. It's creepy to think of him being up in this room painting and talking to this doll that's Mm -hmm. sitting on the couch with him.
0: I definitely watched a movie about this.
1: Myrtle Reuter, Reuter purchased the artist's house after Otto's death in 1974 and then became Robert's new caretaker. Visitors swore that they heard footsteps echoing in the attic and childlike giggling. Some claim that Robert's expression changed when anyone badmouthed Otto in his presence. Reuter said Robert would move around the house on his own, and after 20 years of antics, she donated him to the museum. But far from banishing Robert to obscurity, his arrival at the museum marked a turning point for the doll. Since Robert arrived, visitors have flocked to the museum to get a look at the mischievous toy, even though it's said that museum visitors are said to experience, quote, post-visit misfortunes for failing to respect Robert. Visitors to the museum are given advice on how to approach Robert, to speak to him in a polite way, and to ask permission to photograph him and to treat him with respect."
0: I find that funny because how do you know that he says yes, you can take his photo?
1: <laughs> I think if you just ask you just him. just ask? If you ask nicely. It's a yes. Staff at the museum claim that Robert has been found in different positions within his case, that footsteps have been heard around the museum at night with no explanation for the noise, and that Robert's expression has been known to change from neutral to nasty in the blink of an eye. He has appeared on TV shows. He has had his aura photographed. He is a stop on a ghost tour, and he's inspired a horror movie. He has a Wikipedia entry and social media accounts. Fans can buy Robert replicas, books, coasters, and T-shirts. And the most, I don't know, if, would, would you do this? And the most adventurous can even volunteer to be locked in with Robert after dark. Nope. You would note that? Not. I would I would do it. But I would you be, would? I would be respectful to him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And his fans. Yeah, the movie, there was a movie in 2015.
1: His fans can and do right to him. Convertito says, quote, he probably gets one to three letters every day, but they aren't typical fan letters. They're often apologies. Many visitors attribute post-visit misfortunes for failing to respect Robert or even openly disrespecting him, and they often write begging forgiveness. Others ask him for advice or to curse those who have wronged them. Convertito says they receive more than a thousand letters, which they keep and catalog. That's crazy to me. Mm -hmm. Robert also receives emails and homages. At some point, it became known that Robert had a sweet tooth, so people send him candy. Once, he received a box containing eight bags of peppermints, a card, and no return address. Exercising caution, the museum staff does not consume any treats sent to Robert. Yeah, he might get mad. Guests leave him sweets, money, and occasionally illegal cigarettes. Convertito says of illegal this...
0: Illegal cigarettes.
1: <laughs> you know what they're saying. Uh-huh. Convertito says of this, quote, It's completely inappropriate. We are still a museum. Convertito is Robert's caretaker. Once a year, she administers a checkup, taking him out of the case and weighing him to assess whether or not the humid Florida weather has adversely affected his straw filled body. She is also his proxy, receiving and reading all his emails and letters and running his social media feeds. So, does Convertito think Robert is haunted? She says, quote, I don't know. I really don't. I've never had a bad experience with him. I've never felt uncomfortable. It's always been a very basic relationship and I have a job to do and I do it and whether there's something to it or not he just allows me to get on with my job and as always ask his permission before taking a photo with him. So that's Robert the, Robert doll. the doll. Like I want to see that's on my paranormal bucket list is seeing Robert the Doll.
0: Key West, Florida. Key
1: West, Florida. I just got really dizzy for some reason mm. and I hope it's not because I'm talking about Robert because I'm not. not meaning any disrespect. Um but that is on my paranormal tour list bucket at list. some point is Key West. Can
0: you visit? tour the the Warrens
1: Museum? I I read that it's currently closed. Okay. I I think after COVID it closed down, but I don't know.
2: Hmm.
1: I really don't know. We got to do a paranormal cross country mm-hmm. tour at some point. So that's what I have for haunted dolls. Wow. What time are we looking at? Two hours. And oh, four we minutes. Got, we got time for more stories. I got some stories off of Reddit okay. and other sites. Do you think any of those are legitimately haunted? Annabelle, I don't think, is. Robert the doll, I think, might be.
0: I feel like enough people... Like, I've watched one of those shows, like My Paranormal Story or whatever, where I've seen interviews with people who had really bad stuff happen to them because they didn't follow the rules. So, I don't know. I feel like there has with to be Robert something to With Robert or with other dolls? With Robert. Yeah. I've never even heard of any of the other dolls, so...
1: No, the only ones I think I've say. actually heard off of here were Robert and Annabelle. Mm-hmm. But the other ones, I think, are more fascinating because mm-hmm. there's not as much they're not as much out there
0: I think like the Newkirks said, it you and I could encounter these dolls and never have anything happen no, It's I so think, much what you put on it, yeah. from an emotional standpoint and what your beliefs are yeah I don't know
1: yeah, do you think dolls can we'll get into it right now before we do the stories. Do you think dolls can, can, can have be attachments yeah, I mean yes you know there's a there's a reason why. Dolls were included in magical rituals. You mm-hmm. know, it, it's like they a, represent, they a, human represent a human or a soul uh, yeah. or whatever. Like yeah. a voodoo doll. Like a voodoo yeah. doll is totally a doll. Mm-hmm. You know, but there, it's just fascinating to me that there's like the two opposite uses of a doll, mm-hmm. whether it's a children's toy or whether it's in a magical ceremony. Right. You know, but I, I do think dolls can be haunted. I do too. But I also think that there's a lot of people that try to make extra money by claiming something yes. is haunted and trying to sell it on eBay.
0: Mm-hmm. Like Dybbuk boxes. There's a part of me that
1: wishes we had an off-site location where we could collect haunted mm-hmm. items, but I just don't. You yeah, look, it's funny. You look they like do it you, right in their house. Yeah, like that I would not... No, comfortably do, but it no. would be cool having like an off site location mm-hmm. where we could have dolls. Maybe that'll be part of our thing that
0: we're going to talk about
1: at the end of the That segment. might be part of our thing. Maybe when we get money, we'll have a. I'd say we just do it right down here on the nah. table, just a haunted dolls galore. I guess we're moving. Okay, I guess we're moving. We'll just keep this house. <laughs> so now I'm jumping into some stories that I found on Reddit and other sites. And of course, take them with a grain of salt mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's on Reddit. I tried to use my BS detector. So the first one says. So I was around six or seven years old, and the year was 2000. My older sister and I slept in my parents' room in a small bed that belonged to our younger brother. He was sleeping in the middle of my parents'. I can't remember why we didn't sleep in our room that night, but I think we were scared of the dark, like most children. Our bedroom was around two feet away from our parents, and it was directly across from their room. We lived in one of those apartments with the kitchen and living room on the first floor and the bedrooms and bathroom on the second floor. So my parents' bed is to the left of us, and there's a small gap in between both beds. I'm unfortunately on the outside of the bed next to the gap. My sister wakes me up, and she keeps saying, look at the end of the beds. I've never been more scared in my life. It was one of those cat-in-the-hat dolls with the pulled bow tie, and it was literally walking towards us.
2: <laughs> so no. creepy. It
1: radiated pure evil. Keep in mind, it was purely cotton or whatever material it had stuffed inside, and it was definitely not a toy that could move by itself. I thought, it was, I thought I was just dreaming at the time. So I'm laying super still when the doll walks past my parents' bed to the end of our bed. It peeks its head around the corner and then starts moving really fast towards me. No. We both scream at the top of our lungs and jump to our parents' bed. My parents both wake up and my dad is super mad. My mom recalls to this day waking up to that creepy cat in the hat doll and seeing it standing and moving its head. She said as soon as she looked at it, she saw it fall limp to the floor. My dad never believed us, but my mom witnessed it. Three people all witnessed the same exact thing. That's how I became a believer, even as a child. I knew it was illogical for a stuffed toy to be able to walk, let alone move at all, but all three of us saw
0: it. Reminds me of the clown doll from Poltergeist.
1: Yeah, it's so creepy that it started speeding up Mm -hmm. and moving really fast. Mm -hmm. So then somebody replied to this story and said... I have sort of a similar story. My younger brother and I had this bunk bed a family friend made for us. It looked like a fire truck. We would share the bottom bunk, so every now and then we would drag the top mattress out and prop it up against the bed to make a slide. We have been sliding down it repeatedly when mom called us to supper. Everything was pretty normal. After we ate, we were anxious to get back up to sliding, so we ran back for our room. My brother beat me there. I saw him freeze up in the doorway and just grasp the door frame. I stopped behind him and I saw something that boggled my mind. All of my dolls and stuffed animals had moved from the dresser to uh, all of my dolls and stuffed animals had moved from the dresser to and where in various poses, dotting the mattress we've been using as a slide. It was as if the dolls were now mimicking us. But as soon as we saw them, they all froze in place. In tandem, we both ran screaming for our mom. Naturally, when she checked it out, everything was back to normal, and she put the mattress back up on the top of the bed. It was torture sleeping in the same room as those dolls after that, but we never saw them move again. To this day, I can see it in my head, and my brother recalls it exactly the same way I do. We barely speak of it except to reassure ourselves that we both saw it. Hmm. Somebody replied to that, saying, I had this strange-looking clown with kind of a cute but creepy smile. It had a key in the back that you twisted, and it would turn its head from side to side, and music would play. I didn't have it long, and I can't remember where I even got it from, but I was probably around in the fifth grade. You really had to crank it to make it move or play. One night, my older cousin and I were asleep in my bed when I woke up to some type of low chatter going on. I had a few stuffed animals on my dresser along with the clown. It was directly at the end of my bed facing me. I swear on everything I love, my stuffed animals and this clown were talking to each other. When I felt my blood turn to ice, it stopped, and then I heard and saw the clown start moving and playing. My cousin heard it, too, but didn't see what I had seen. This never happened before. I had this clown. I got rid of it, and the person who took it from me ended up throwing it into a fire pit. Mm. I know I wasn't dreaming. It's one of the reasons I hate clowns. Hmm. Somebody else replies, Not a toy moving, but my friend used to live in a terrifying haunted house, and one night when I was staying over, we were going to bed and joking about the entity in the house, and a toy somewhere in the room started laughing. What made it more scary is that it sounded like the battery in it was dying, so it was a little girl doll laughing, but it was deeper and slowed down. I couldn't see where it was because the room was completely dark, but it was far enough away that neither of us could have touched it, and I jumped into bed with her. I still get chills and my eyes tear up when I think about all that we went through at that house. Somebody else writes uh, replies to this saying, This was about 24 years ago, but I remember playing with my Barbies on the floor when my mom called me to come get lunch. I put the Barbies down and I walked away and I felt one of the Barbies grab onto the back of my ankle. It freaked me out. I grabbed the thing and flung it onto the floor. (laughs) After lunch, my mom told me to clean up my mess. I was so hesitant, but I tried to get a different Barbie to hold on and she couldn't. So I put them away as fast as I could. I never played with them again after that. And I don't know what happened that day, but I felt her grab my leg. Creepy. Mm -hmm. Somebody replies to that. I was about seven or eight years old and I had one of those makeup doll heads. I can't remember the brand, but it was just a doll head. I know what they're saying. I can picture this. You can practice putting makeup on. I can't remember the brand, but it was just a doll head on shoulders to practice makeup. Anyway, it was on my dresser. And as I woke up one morning, I saw it nodding its head and smacking its lips at me. My mom to this day said it was just a reflection of the sun making it look like it was moving. Though she was terrified of it, she grabbed it by the hair and threw it into a lidded box that I had.
0: (laughs) But just in case. And
1: then somebody else replies, I had a Raggedy Ann doll that sat on a chair at the end of my bed. I swear her face would change from a painted thin smile to snarling sharp teeth. I ended up with a ritual where I locked her in the closet every night. As an adult, I assumed it was just my imagination, but after reading these stories, I'm not so sure. Raggedy Ann dolls were kind of creepy. You know, looking back at Raggedy and dolls. Mm-hmm. Next, somebody writes, I can tell you my experience. I just went down to Key West with my wife and father, and after... And after getting down there we decided to visit Robert. We asked for his permission, why take a chance, and I took a picture of my wife with Robert. I studied him for a while and then moved behind him to read the wall which contained all these letters written to Robert. Then something happened that is very hard for me to describe. I felt a presence and env- I felt a presence envelop envelop envelope envelop my back and stood completely straight up. I told my wife I needed to leave immediately and went outside. There is this tower structure out there, and I sat on the stairs of it for about 15 minutes, waiting for this feeling, whatever it was, to pass. It wasn't like a demon possessing like you see in movies, but I definitely felt something very wrong. Not entirely hostile, but menacing to be sure. My wife said that she felt something similar, but I didn't need to sit down. I told my father about Robert and he had dreams about the doll after that night. I didn't experience any further effects or send an apology note to Robert, but I'm not going to judge anybody that felt a need to do so. That's kind of creepy. When my oldest daughter was about two to four years old, we would watch this claymation kid show called JoJo's Circus. JoJo was a young female clown. My daughter had a stuffed doll of JoJo that had a speaker inside of it, and when you squeeze different parts of her, she would say different things. She would sing songs, repeat shapes, colors, numbers, etc. It was a sort of educational toy. If you were playing with her and didn't touch her for a minute too, she would then say, let's play. And if you did play with her, she would start back up, and if you didn't, she would shut off. As my daughter got a little older, she lost interest in JoJo, so the doll ended up in a plastic tub out in the garage, all stuffed to give away, sell in a garage sale, whatever. Our master bedroom was right above the garage and one night my wife woke me up and said she heard someone talking in the garage. It sounded like it was coming from outside. I listened and sure enough, I faintly heard what sounded like a child laughing and talking, but it sounded like it was in the house. We listened for a minute or two, so I decided to go investigate. I looked out the windows, didn't see anything outside. I made my way downstairs and heard the voice coming from the garage. As I neared the garage door, I recognized the voice as the Jojo doll. I paused by the door and listened. It sounded like someone inside the garage was frantically pushing the buttons, not letting her finish an entire song or complete a phrase. It would just say, sa, 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 square, and then thra, 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 three, like someone was just mashing the buttons. Hmm. I thought maybe there was some sort of animal attacking the doll, or maybe the batteries were just running low. But for the record, when the batteries would get low in that doll, it would get real slow sounding. It wasn't doing that. So I grabbed a baseball bat out of my bat bag that I had in our mudroom. I paused for a second, thinking I was about to get in a fight with a raccoon or something. I pounded on the door a little bit to scare off whatever it was, but the sounds persisted, so I took a deep breath, opened the door, turned on the lights. JoJo was just sitting there, sitting up on top of the plastic bin that she was in. The lid was sealed closed. She completed her phrases and went silent. Silent. I stood there for a few minutes inside the garage, just looking around. It was dead silent. She wasn't making any more noises, and I didn't hear anything moving. I saw her the moment I opened the door. Nothing was close to her. I walked out into the garage and started poking around, rattling things, trying to make any animals move. Nothing. Then JoJo suddenly said, quote, play with me. I picked her up. There were no marks, no saliva, no signs that said an animal had been tampering with it. I opened the plastic tub that she had been in and everything everything looked fine. No sign of animals. Weird. I took her out and put her in the trunk of my car so she wouldn't wake us up again. I told my wife that it was just JoJo and that her batteries must be running low. I asked her if she or her daughter had gotten her out of her box, and she said no. I spared her the details because she never would have slept in that house again. But it was really weird. It really sounded like something or someone was playing with her. At the moment I opened the door, it stopped. Was the doll malfunctioning? Was there an animal in there? Was a ghost kid playing with it? To this day, I have no idea." As a little background i'm fairly certain that no one ever died in that house it was built in 1981 and my wife was childhood friends with a girl that lived there when it was first built she's still alive and we bought the house from her divorced mother we were the second owners to this day i have no idea what happened so that's weird it's weird that the doll was Mm -hmm. out of the case yeah
0: every time something's not where you put it last that's creepy
1: this one says, I have a fun one from when I was about 14 years old. I was in the spare bedroom in the basement because i would come back to my homeland to visit my relatives. The basement is furnished, so right outside the bedroom is a TV and living room. It's almost level with the backyard orchard, so the moonlight shines directly in it. Anyway, I get up to go to the bathroom around 2 or 3 a.m. and I have to cross the living room to get to the bathroom. As I step out, I see my mom's childhood doll sitting on top of the TV, head turned directly looking at me in the doorway. It kind of freaked me out. I cross the living room and kind of nervously look back at the doll. You know, you're freaked out, your adrenaline brain wants to check for the danger. So I look back and now the doll's head is turned and is still looking at me. I tell myself that I probably saw it wrong at first. I go in, do my business, and nervously open the door again logically its eyes are still looking at me i brace myself because i'll never hear the end of it if i end up sleeping on the bathroom floor <laughs> plus this can't be real so i rush back across the room now i'm back at the, my original door toying with the idea of looking at the doll or ignoring it i decide to put on a brave face look and try to prove myself that i was wrong and being scared so i turn and look and now its head is turned again still looking at me i shut the door dove into bed and played on my psp until morning when my mom came down in the morning to wake me up, she said she saw the doll on TV and asked me if I'd taken it out of her suitcase where she had left it. Oh, stop <laughs> so it. It's that's creepy that its head turns.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: that it wasn't supposed to be there in the first place. Mm-hmm. Somebody else
1: writes, As a child, I had a cute doll. She had purple pigtails and a smile on her face. I was playing a bit carelessly with it, and my mom warned me, quote, Don't hurt her. You'll make her sad. It might have been days or weeks later. I can't remember. It was some time later that I dropped the doll down the steps by accident. When I picked her up, she now had a distinctly, a very distinct frown on her face. No longer a smile. Not a smudge or deformation of the previous smile. It was a fully formed frown, colored lips and all. She had that frown the rest of the time I had that doll. That's mm-hmm. creepy. <laughs> this one's awesome. This person writes, I have been waiting my whole life for this moment. In elementary school, I was invited to a sleepover at my friend Sally's for her birthday. There were quite a few girls going. We were told everyone was going to sleep in the family room, and somehow I scored the couch. Now, Sally loved Furbies, and above the couch was a shelf dedicated to them. There were a ton of Furbies in different shapes, sizes, and colors on that shelf. So the party is fun, everybody gets ready for bed, and I get comfortable on the couch. Fast forward a few hours later, everyone is dead asleep. I myself, I'm in a nice deep sleep when suddenly the shelf breaks, the wooden part falling behind the couch while the Furbies rain down on me in my sleeping form. Activated by whatever the heck activates Furbies, movement or sound or whatever, all of them come alive. I am awoken by a horde of Furbies all over me, (laughs) talking and moving and looking at me. I eventually recovered that night, but I had nightmares for years after. Somebody responds, a talking Elmo toy in my closet started to talk in the middle of the night and kept repeating the same words. It's so creepy to hear that voice in the middle of the night in a dark room. Somebody else writes, whoops, somebody else writes, this is the last one. When I was around 15, I went on a trip to Florida to visit family. We stayed at my mother's aunt's house, my older sister staying in the guest room with me. I remember the night we arrived, my great aunt had guests over as well, and all the adults were in the living room watching TV. When we first went into the guest room, we immediately noticed a scary looking old porcelain doll on the bed that my great aunt had put there for decoration. It was an old doll and didn't talk or anything. My sister and I are doll collectors, so she might have just thought that we'd like the doll, but we didn't. Porcelain dolls just creep us out. Anyway, we ended up putting her in one of the dresser drawers in a room because we were scared of her. After that, we forgot about the doll. We were hanging out with my cousin on the bed when we all suddenly heard a very quiet humming, sounding like a faint lullaby. This is where it gets a little unbelievable. We all just felt silent when my older sister was like, Do you guys hear that? Each one of us actually did hear it. We were trying to figure out where it was coming from, thinking maybe outside the room, until we realized it was actually coming from the drawer with the doll. My sister and cousin and I got incredibly scared. We ran out of the room into the living room with the adults. We asked if anyone was humming or if the TV had someone humming on or singing, and they all said no. The TV was really quiet. We were actually able to hum the tune of the song we heard them, and they all thought we were nuts, and they were laughing at us when we told them why we were asking. That night, we gave the doll to my mom to keep in her room. Oh, so nice. there you go. <laughs> there are some doll stories. Creepy. There's a lot of them. You take them with a grain of salt. Yeah. But all of them. There you go. There is haunted dolls. Mm-hmm. Do we want to get one after no, we listening don't. to this? No. no, we don't. Any other
0: I don't want to be afraid to come in my basement.
1: No. Any other thoughts on dolls? No. Furbies are creepy. Like the fact that they talk. I feel
0: like I can picture a Furby.
1: Yeah, they're cute.
0: Is it like F U R B E E?
1: No, F U R B Y.
0: B
2: Y. Okay.
1: But their eyelids move up and down yeah. and their mouth moves and their ears move and their legs move. I kind of want to get a Furby for down here. <laughs> But it's creepy to me that, like I said, that with the oh, capacitor. They're like yeah. little gremlins yeah. almost. But it's weird when people say that they've had them for like 20 years, no batteries, and all of a sudden one day they hear it talking to itself.
0: This one's $165.
1: Yeah, vintage Furbies are worth That's a crazy. lot. I think they still make Furbies.
0: 280 Dang. Yeah, n- n- no. So you're going to nope to the haunted dolls. Yeah, I'm an open,
2: them. Maybe if
1: we get an off-site location one day, we'll start collecting
2: haunted Yeah, when
0: haunted we have items. our haunted museum. <laughs> we have
1: the Strange Sessions haunted museum.
0: Sure.
1: So what do you guys think of dolls? Creepy Let stories. I like hearing about it. Let us know. Like, haunted, like dolls are just creepy, they but I think creepy. so much of it is the Uncanny Valley thing where they yeah. kind of look human, but you know they're not.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's just that fear that you have that that thing's gonna move or I'm gonna i mean going come back so much back and of it comes have... from
1: movies like annabelle totally, totally. you know so much of it comes from like child's play mm-hmm. and all the movies with creepy dolls but i do think they can be haunted but i sure. don't think a majority of the ones that are for sale on ebay or etsy right. are actually haunted yeah you know like I when i lived in my old apartment that was haunted if i had i had stuffed animals in there does that mean that those animals were haunted? No. But there are people that really do think that they have haunted dolls. Mm -hmm. So there you go. Hopefully you guys liked that. It was something creepy for Halloween. On to song choices. Do you have any song choices?
2: Mm -mm.
1: No. So these two I picked in honor of these last two weeks and all the stuff that happened. This first one is a song that I have loved ever since I heard it on Dawson's Creek back Mm -hmm. in the day. And I loved this band, and they were not a well-known band by any stretch. They were mostly only known because of their songs on Dawson's Creek. So YouTube comments for this first song. Somebody writes, quote, This is a hidden gem that I stumbled upon. So wonderful to hear you guys all sing and perform together again. I miss North Carolina, and I miss the killer shows you guys would put on. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Somebody else writes, You guys and your music played a huge role in how I developed my worldview. I was at Appalachian State in 2006 when you guys played at Legends. I wish the best for each of you, and I want you to know your music has had a profound and impact, positive impact on my life. Much love. Somebody else writes, quote, instant tears. It's been a good 20 years since I last saw you guys play this live, but this was the soundtrack of my senior year. Somebody else writes, quote, As a fan going on for 23 years, this gives me goosebumps. Thank you so much. And somebody else writes, quote, I just, tagged da- I just tagged Dave Matthews with this video. I told him if he doesn't go on tour with you guys, he's crazy. I've been following you guys for over 20 years, and you're still killing it. It is the song Moving On by the band Weekend Excursion. Hmm. And this is a version, I think they were still together. I don't know if they were together or broke up, but back during covid when everybody was on zoom and google meet this is the band doing it's called the stay at home version where they're all at their individual houses sure. playing yeah. the parts mm-hmm. and i love this song and the video is like so cool because like some they end up having like some of their friends come on and sing along and stuff and the song moving on is about literally moving on in your life some of the lyrics are about how a chapter of your life is done mm-hmm. and about how like you don't know what's coming, but you're glad for what happened. Yeah. So I picked that because of the stuff at school. So that is Moving On by Weekend Excursion. That's the first part. If you listen to it, it's like a really sweet, sad song. And my second song is Along Those Lines, but it's more of an upbeat song. So somebody writes, quote, Honestly, this song is the music of the universe. This song embodies pure happiness and harmony. It makes you feel a certain way that you can't describe, other than it's just beautiful. Not everyone will get what I'm talking about, but those who do, they can feel it. The song, tr- the song truly touches your soul. Somebody else writes, "Quote: Eight years on, and this track still amazes me, and even gets me to tears sometimes when I don't hear it for a while." This track needs to be felt. Not everyone feels it, but anyone who does enjoy that feeling. Especially halfway through, the song gets amazing when the beat really drops. This is like a trance song, one of those Mm. trance songs that I stumbled across. Somebody else writes, quote, There's just something about this song that brings out a sort of euphoric feeling in me. I love this tune. Somebody else writes, quote, Some days the song reduces me to tears, other days it just makes me feel like I'm on cloud nine. Somebody else writes, quote, I've been repeating the song for more than two years now. Every time when I have a hard time at work or I'm concentrating or I just have anxiety, it always calms me down and makes me focus on what I'm doing. And somebody else writes, quote, this song makes you think about the past and how time flies by so fast. Everyone's changing, family's passing away, yet telling you it's going to be okay. Just walk forward, put a smile on your face and ready yourself for whatever the future has ahead of you. And it is by Gareth Emery, and it's the song Long Way Home. Like I said, it's like a trance song, but it's one of those songs that you listen to, and it should be, like, for a road trip. Like, Mm. the video has people driving on, on Route 66 and, like, the sights and stuff, and it's, like, a really, really good song for a road trip. So this is, like, you know, your time is over, but you're moving towards something better. And this one is... Gareth Emery's Long Way Home. Cool. And we do have a question from a listener. Oh, nice. That write, I've had, I have had to think about this one, and I still really don't know if I have a good answer. They wrote, you are given $10,000 and sent on a one-way trip back in time to the year and location of your choice. Where and when in time are you going? Oh,
2: wow.
0: <laughs>
1: That's kind of a tough one. I've, I've had weeks because I 10, saw 000? this. Why $10,000? Why
2: do we need $10,000? Because you you have money. Mm.
1: I know what I want to say. Like, my gut instinct is that I would go back to 1970 because I love the 70s. Mm. Like, I would go back so it doesn't
0: to... have to be a time in your life.
1: No, it can be okay. any time. I would go back, I think, to 1970 because I'm so obsessed with the 70s and I love the 70s. But as far as where I'm going, I would probably... I don't want to be here because I would run into my self mm-hmm. and I think that would make that the universe thing. blow up sure I would probably go to like California like the California coast or Oregon or somewhere over there I would go back to 1970 on the west coast and just live through the 70s and 80s again that's what I would do
0: I have no idea <laughs>
1: <laughs> I feel like you would do the seven 70- sixties or 70s but it would be cool to, like, go to Victorian times, too, mm-hmm. with
0: $10,000. You'd be a bazillionaire. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I, I often feel like I would love to experience life when things were just so much simpler. Yeah. Um. I don't want to experience, like, war or the Great Depression or anything, but I, I do love the idea of going back to just a day in the life of, like, when it was the 30s or 40s or something, when it was just, life was just simple. You... You listen to the radio for entertainment at night with your family, and I don't know. Yeah. Women didn't necessarily have to have jobs. <laughs> well, that's how I feel about that the se- nice. That's how I feel about the seventies.
1: I feel like it was just a simpler time. Yeah, you totally. Got, more you three, three or four channels to watch. Mm-hmm. There was no internet. There, were, like video no games were phones. just coming out. Yeah, you know, it was more just hanging out with friends and enjoying the moment. You know, so I, I'm going with the seventies. Hmm. I would go to the California coast in the seventies.
0: I'd say the 30s or 40s. I don't have a destination in mind. Just
1: the 30s or 40s. Yeah. At least then you don't have the possibility of running into yourself like I do. Definitely not. Like I never went to California as a kid, so I would I would go California, California 1970, just relive the 70s. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good question. Yeah. That was a.
0: Actually, I I would say I would love to experience because my house, the house that I grew up in, that my mom still lives in. Was built by my great grandparents in nineteen eighteen, I think. And I would love to see what it looked like when they first built it, like yeah. when it was still a new house. Yeah.
1: That would be cool. That would like, be amazing.
0: Yeah.
1: Cool. Well, that was a good question, anonymous yeah. person. And I think
0: that's it. Well, let's quickly talk about because we hinted at it at the We're at <clears throat> oh, two did, and a half should, hours. Should now. I do
1: the deets first? Sure, you can do the deets first. Deets. Uh and again, like if my students want to keep like leaving messages on on Spotify, they can. I don't know how to respond to them on Spotify. I don't think we can. On YouTube, I could respond to mm-hmm. you, but I also hate reading our YouTube comments because YouTube comments can be mean, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so I don't like reading those. Yeah. Or you can always use any of these emails or whatever. You can email us at the... Stra- and I'm going to miss you guys. I love you guys, and I will uh, just miss you. You can email us at the strange sessions at gmail.com. Skipping that one. We are on Instagram at The Strange Sessions, where Krista does an amazing job, and we have amazing fans, or listeners. Listeners. I don't like calling them fans. Yeah, we don't like calling them fans. You can send postcards and snail mail to our P.O. Box at The Strange Sessions, P.O. Box 434, Manitowoc, Wisconsin, 54221-0434. Or you can call our lonely phone line at 920-443-9602. Or you can send a story to listener stories at the strange session stories at gmail.com. And I got to find my password for that because I don't know what the password is. So mm. I might have to. I know you, how that feels. You, I know you know how that feels. You had an issue yesterday. I did. So the strange session stories at gmail.com. I'll try to figure out how to get back in there. So
0: there are our deets. So just quickly, because we're at over two and a half hours now. It's already 930. We still have to record a side session here. Um, we we just i think when you quit your job i thought oh what an interesting opportunity that would be if we if we could, could do, do this, do full, this time. full time there are people who are content creators full time and yeah. so we're just i'm doing a lot of research on how you know how to monetize things and i don't want the experience to change for our listeners though i don't i don't want to start having ads in our no. like our podcast version like that what you hear on iTunes or whatever podbean however you listen there will be ads eventually on YouTube but I don't think people come to YouTube not expecting ads yeah there are ads in everything yeah um but also like how can we create more of a universe like so a like brand. having blogs or like a strange universe you know like the newkirks have planet weird it's like It's their thing. They they have. Should we just
1: do Planet Strange and just rip them off? (laughs)
0: Let's just do everything they do, but just slightly (laughs) different. Slightly change the name. But I feel like between you and I, we could have a pretty cool blog. Um, We could do all video. Uh, format we could have more merchandise like i just feel like a strange session subscription box
1: where we just send them random stuff
0: yeah yeah that'd be kind of cool <laughs> it would be actually. a month a monthly live event where people can get online with us and chat whatever we, we it have just a theme all seem so something. daunting though to me it it seems daunting to me because i have a full-time job yeah if and i didn't I have a full-time job yeah totally that's why online would be okay though so it's just, just know that we're thinking about this. We'd love some ideas. We yeah. love if you'd, be, you'd even want to be interested in a lot of this content. Um, but I just, it's not that I don't, I work for a great company. I've never said what it is and I probably never will. Been there almost <laughs> 13 years. I love the people I work with, but I would love to get up in the morning and be excited to do something creative that I'm passionate about. And I've have never had that i've never been able to do that for no a living. and i think
1: i think with this comes like the idea of us doing investigations again totally and recording us on investigations totally. and doing uh something like destination fear where it's yeah. us and some friends or fellow and if strangers we had the time to do in that, a haunted place we you know do what that. i mean yeah. yeah
0: it's hard to do that when you work a full-time job yeah so it's just something we're thinking about it's interesting because for years jim Worked in construction or he was self-employed. So I had to carry the insurance. And we're now in a position where he could carry the insurance. So, And he has said from the start of the podcast, you guys could be doing so much more. Yeah, he's like, It's weird to, to think of us doing it.
1: like the New Kirks and do- going on a traveling yeah. circuit. And people yeah. like wanting to see us. But mm-hmm. I don't think we're anywhere near no, that level. No, no. You know.
0: Like a live show. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's terrifying. But it, it's,
1: it's cool and scary to think of like creating a brand Mm -hmm. like the Newkirk's have a brand Mm -hmm. and taking
0: the leap like yeah I would have to have a lot of money saved up to quit my job to sustain me but I even thought Kickstarters look at what the Destination Fear crew did yeah when their show got canceled they did a Kickstarter asking for like 60,000 and they ended up with I mean this would be very unrealistic expectation for us but I thought they ended up with like over 250,000 dollars something like that yeah so I mean and and now they're creating Project Fear, and it's awesome. The second part of their season or season two just started last night, by the way, and it was really good. They nice. were at Pennhurst. No, I
1: mean, it's obvious that we love doing this podcast. Like, sometimes it floors me we when I think about how, how long we've been doing this. I know. You know, so if there was a way that we could expand this,
0: mm-hmm. that would be awesome. So that's
1: what we're just trying to brainstorm yep. and think of. So if you guys have any ideas, let us know.
0: hmm. Anything I do else? plan to give the studio a little bit of a facelift over our winter break so that shooting video down here will be a little more conducive. Yeah, no, Just the it's, lighting It's, it's that, that very time of dark.
1: year. It's that time of year where it's completely dark on my drive mm-hmm. down here and I see deer on the road and I'm like, oh, don't let me hit a deer.
0: And we have pretty minimal lighting down here yeah. um, so it's kind of, I'm and usually the, exhausted by the time we're done because it's so dark and dreary down here. But.
1: but it's weird that I go for months without seeing it down here and then mm-hmm. when I come down. But it's getting to be that time. Like I'm feeling my batteries kind of yeah. drain slowly, so it's it's gonna be break time. Even
0: though I don't do nearly as much work as you, I look forward to the break too. <laughs> I mean, just having weekends free for yeah. several weeks is yeah. a nice feeling. Yeah.
1: So it's getting to be that time. Three more episodes four, including possible Allegedly. Christmas. But yeah, so I think
0: that's it. It's got to be, because we're at like two hours and 40 minutes almost. Dang. People like longer episodes. (laughs) I know they do. (laughs) I'm exhausted, and I have to go to the bathroom. (laughs) So on
1: that note, we'll let Krista go to the bathroom. So again, uh, just thank you for listening to this and for caring as much about us. Like, a lot of people reached out to me about my... yeah. Like, not everybody knew I quit my job, but Mm -hmm. a lot of listeners do, because I'm friends with them on my Facebook, and so many of them reached out to me and just... We love you guys more than I think you even realize. So, thank you so much for everything you guys do for us and for letting us do this and for listening to us babble for two and a half hours about haunted dolls and whatnot.
0: Yeah. And usually, when someone um, is new to Instagram or the Facebook group or whatever, I always say welcome to yeah. our strange family. Yeah. And I really mean that. Yeah, it this is, is a family. family.
1: It is a family. So, thank you guys so much for being there for us. Yeah. So, from Krista and I, happy Halloween pretty happy soon. Halloween. And until next time. Stay strange.